Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 321. I'm Dave. I'm here in the swamp with the main man, Rich. Rich, how are you? Oh, good, man. Good, man. Good to be back. Good to be back. Feeling Out of fully the... healthy yeah. and cured and yeah. uh, I have I've returned to the living. Out of the cryogenic freeze. Dude, what? I'm not... Oh, yeah. I fucking wish I was in cryogenic freeze. I, I was so sick. I was literally... Um, I was having fever dreams. Uh, well, wow. I, I slept for literally two days straight. Jesus. Like, I didn't even get out of bed. In fact, my body ached. And, and like, Michelle said it's not rich to get sick. I go, yeah, I mean, he's re- remarkably consistent. Like, no, oh, my you boss, know. yeah, my boss got something. Yeah, he called in sick, and then a day later, I was sick. Just got um, hit with it. Yeah, so I could he, tell. Yeah, he gave me something, and I thought it, at first I thought it was vampirism because <laughs> I look, I, I'm not joking. Any light that came into the room, I felt like my eyeballs were on fire. Like, really? I'm not joking. Like. I literally was super light sensitive. Um, wow. So, no, dude, I was having fever dreams and fucking everything, man. I was... You were really struggling. I could tell from the tone of your text, and I was like, just take a breather, man. And champ that Rich is, he <coughs> kind of made himself available, and I was just like, dude, just take a take a rest, because we called into action Aaron, yo, Joe, from Real American Headcast, a, a good pal, and uh, thank you to Aaron for coming in at short notice, actually. And uh, he did a stellar job. Um, and there were some comments, which he may have slipped something into your food to get a run. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he well, be... Yeah, he, he must have infected my boss first so that yeah. it wouldn't be suspicious. Well, very Cobra, you know, long-range planning. Yeah. Um, I, I did say to him, he said to me, Dave, any time yeah, you, you need me, I'm available. I said, tomorrow night for the rest of your life. And he was like, well, slow down, Dave. <laughs> Didn't think you'd take it so literally. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, you're locked in. That's a that's a contract in blood, my friend." Um, but no, uh, shout out to Aaron. Thank you for doing that, Aaron. And um, I do the special missions. I'm I'm sort of guesting on his special missions Bravo episodes once per month. Um, doing um, mm-hmm. the joke we did the first one. It was hilarious because it started at six a.m. Australian time, and I um, overslept. <laughs> for my first show and oh. I and I, I, I came on but like no, no coffee no caffeine straight out of bed like literally out of bed boom and I gave my best 35 minutes straight off the bench man like fully Dave was at like a 10 within probably 20 seconds you know and I was just like really you know I felt I had to make up for lost time I was unbelievable plays like three pointers I was stinging the court man and they were kind of like, wow, this is Dave. I said, not even any caffeine has touched my lips so far today. I'm operating on just pure adrenaline. Um, so that was a lot of fun. So it is always <laughs> it is always a lot of fun with Aaron. Now, we do have an announcement, Rich. Um, you have an Instagram, I believe. Um, which yeah. Okay, so tell listeners what's going on because I don't know well, anything about just, it. Well, basically just Alicia has been hounding me for oh. a little while now to, to get an Instagram to um, – to just sort of put some of my drawings on. I thought you were going to say for sexual favours, and I was laughing at just my own thoughts. <laughs> well, your brain <laughs> tends to go there first. So for what, some what, what is it, an Instagram? It's for your comics, yeah, right? Well, just for, yeah, for my drawings and, and the stuff that I'm working on uh, and stuff and all that. So if, if oh. anyone's interested, it's uh, Farfetched Comics, all oh. one word, but the 
comics is an X on the end, so it's C-O-M-I-X. Very trendy of you, uh, actually. Farfetch comics. I like your logo as well. I like your logo. Yeah, so the idea is I want to have a... So uh, Okay, so let's just say I am, you know, in, in my wildest dreams, I'm, I'm successful. Mm. I basically want to have a logo for each genre mm-hmm. that I would want to do. So, like, I, I've got a logo for the fantasy story mm. that I've got. I've got the logo for the sci-fi. And then, obviously, if I was going to do a superhero one, I'd want to have a logo that looked a bit more... Super, and so on and so on. So mm. I just had this idea of, like, it would be really cool to have your logo... Mm change depending on what the genre what what is if it was gay emo teen like you know genre i, I mean I pro- i'd probably be able to come up with a logo for it i probably wouldn't be proud but teardrop I mean, or something you know like a little sniffly teardrop <laughs> a little hanky um you know a little copy of um what was that fucking band called lincoln park <laughs> something like that a, C- oh. <laughs> a, a cd you know because back in the day like my, what was it my chemical romance that's actually who i was trying to remember oh yeah, yeah alicia loves my chemical romance. oh there you go well don't they all the kids do um yeah well that's good man so it's called far-fetched comics with an x as in x-men and um what about if people i want to put this out of people if they were like rich you know commission you know, of Blade or something, and wanted to sling you some money, stuff like that. Like, yeah, I certainly could do it. Okay, um, I'd just I'd squeeze it in, but I mean, I, I well, I want to encourage listeners because not, not not opposed to it. You, you know, you're a good artist, Richard, and you sent me some pictures this week of stuff you did in high school, and I was like, seriously, like fucking in I, high yeah, school. Yeah, I found. I'm not joking. Figures. I found a. You, you remember, I used to have like you know, used to have the notebooks. Yes. you know that you'd, you'd get for for high school, nor the the line paper. Yeah. I actually found some pictures I did that I actually literally coloured in with uh, with texter mm. uh, and all that sort of stuff. And I remember I did two splash pages of Spider-Man fighting different rogues at yeah. the time. So, like, the one picture was Spider-Man and he was fighting Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, <laughs> uh, Venom. Doc Ock, I think. Doc Ock, I think, maybe. Uh, Vulture. And then, yeah, then the other one was, like, you know, Rhino and uh, Scorpion. And, uh, yeah, so I, I was just... I was like, fuck, man, I haven't seen these drawings in, like... <laughs> they were good, man. They were good. And I, and I can see how you've developed since then. But, I mean, honestly, in high school, I mean, I was writing some very moody short stories. Um, but <laughs> I was literally... I'm a stick figure guy when it comes to drawing. Um, no, very talented. And, yeah, I do want to mention that. So... Um, yeah, look, if you want Rich to, um, do some commissions for you, you know, cash, obviously, involved, um, you know, message the scene, at least, and I'll put you in touch with Richard, and, and then Richard can, can get sort of, yeah. like, his own, I mean, you know, look, thing um, going. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be getting a bit more into the stuff now, because, Good. um, I just haven't had the time, so I want to try and sort of upload a bit more regularly, so, but as I said, if anyone's interested, just to see, whenever I'm talking about people's art and, mm. Uh, and crap and all that. If they want to just see, well, let's see how good yours is. <laughs> well, what about hey, um, what about if I said to you, Rich, I want a commission of Bear dying on the on the concert stage after oh. he snorted the after well, he snorted the heroin. I mean, he he would look like a cartoon version of himself, but that's okay. I, I, I could do it. He was a big guy, man. You'd have to really get the big fat. Maybe I'd draw him as an actual bear over Dean to be like a yeah. cave like yeah, and and like just the oh my he- god! Actually, I could do that. I could literally have a bear dressed up in like a rocker outfit, like yeah, a, yeah, whatever, whatever, and literally just dying of uh, of <laughs> yeah, like something like that. Like it's not even a commission. Oh, I guess it's a commission, but like where people are like 
it's not just like draw me a sketch of Green Lantern. They're they're like they they picture a whole scene. Like obviously you'd be talking serious money. I'm sure the top tier artists like get it where they're like really draw me something for my wall, you know, that I can frame. But like it's a personalized like a painting, you know. But it's a drawing and. You know what I'm trying to say, Rich? Like high-end stuff. Mm-hmm. Surely the guys like Alex Ross and the really big artists must get that, where they're like, you know, draw me like Conan sitting on a throne of skull, blah, 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 lots of detail. And they're probably costing thousands of dollars, I would imagine, because they've got to devote their time to that. Do you reckon that kind of stuff happens? Oh, well, I mean, look, it, it depends on the picture. I mean, obviously, you're not – unless you're Alex Ross – uh, yeah. doing a fucking painting. You're not charging someone thousands. Oh, no, no, I mean, but at the top end, would that kind of stuff be happening, do you reckon? Uh, a few hundred dollars, yeah. Mm. Gosh. I mean, if you're talking about, if you're talking about like a top artist who mm. is squeezing you in between doing actual work, um, yeah. that, that could... Uh, I'm, I'm picturing... I've just got some images in my head of like some Conan throne room seams or maybe I want some Lord of the Rings stuff, like take me into the Elven Kingdom. You know, really draw me draw me some serious, serious artwork that is framed that I can put on a wall. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, going big. It depends on, on the style, though, because, I mean, obviously, yeah, you, you know what I mean? You, you, need to, you need to find artists that sort of will give you the style that you want as well because, yeah. um, you know, some people might be a bit more like Ed McGuinness or Joe mm. Mad, sort of a bit more cartoony. Sure. Um, you know, overly muscular sort of stuff, then, you know, then you might, or you might want to get someone who's a little bit more like, uh, uh, Stern or, or I'll give you a name. Uh, I'll give you a name of what I'm picturing. Do you know Joe Jasko? You familiar with him? Joe uh, Jasko, J-U-S-K, sorry, J-U-S-C-K-O, I believe is how it's spelled. He did a lot of Conan, Savage sort of Conan cover art, very good artist on Conan, a lot of cover work. Um, Joe Jasko, I believe his name is. That's the kind of guy. I, I, I reckon those guys are doing private commissions, man, because like they could, they could, they could say, okay, that's going to be ten k, you know? Okay, but, but you, no, you're dealing with deep no, pockets, man. It was not, no, 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 not even close to that price. <laughs> really? Okay. Not like not even close. You've wow. you've like like a thousand percent over. Wow. Well, because um, because like, like uh, someone yeah. who's like maybe a top artist, maybe they could charge you five hundred dollars. Five hundred um, for what? You don't th- you, you don't quite get what no, I'm no, no, picturing. No. I'm picturing a massive no, no, but painting. But that's why I said if you're talking about Alex Ross, yeah. right? Who does these massive paintings? Yeah, uh, and and puts a lot of time. Yeah, you, you're probably going to be paying like maybe two thousand. Okay, you know, uh, two and a half thousand dollars. Maybe depending on what it is, how many characters it. Maybe three thousand. You're not getting close to ten thousand dollars, Dave. Okay. Like, I mean, again, yeah. unless they paint in your entire fucking room. Oh. Like wall to wall, with with the stuff you're not. You're if not I was those see, I reckon things. these fucking pricks could grind me on price if I had a lot of cash to burn, because I wouldn't know what the what the costings were, kind of thing. You know, like you walk in there. Oh, you oh you could definitely get burned if you're thinking that's what people are going to oh, be charging. I, I need you to give me a reality check. Go, slow it down, Dave. You're going way too high, man. Like you know, because I'm I'm picturing kind of like almost as a king having artists. You know, depict. Obviously, actually, you know what I really want? I want a sculpt to, to depict me Julius Caesar style. That's what I really want. Like addressing the crowd. Like I guess it's more of a. I don't know if sculpting is the right word, Rich, but a statue. Who does that? 
Who's that? Is that a sculptor? Oh, like a I, look, not, I don't know about sculptors, I'm afraid, David. That's, well, uh, that's kind of what I'm picturing, you know, and it'd kind of be cool, like my throne, obviously, and then me sitting in it, like very padded, very comfy, and next to the throne is a statue of me as well. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, it's me and my statue. That's right. And maybe beneath it, like the little court jester Dion, you know, where someone could kick around and stuff if he got, if he got out of line, you know what I mean? Like... Um, and maybe tied up in a corner, Ron Perlman, as you mentioned the other day, <laughs> the attack dog, <laughs> with like the studded collar, and he's like ranting and raving about Apple Music and the greed and all that stuff that he was going on about that I enjoyed so much. Well, Rich, I think we've done a pretty good promotion on your Instagram, Farfetch Comics. Um, seriously, go check it out. And and I also want to thank we've got a new Patreon this week, uh, Brian Lazara, a fantastic friend of the show. And he's a Patreon member. And look, if you can sling some dollars, the signal's way. That all goes towards more show content. Rich, I want us to do one Cinema of Doom, Jewel. Have you ever seen it? Jewel, the Steven Spielberg film, based on the Richard Matheson story? Don't think I have. Wow. That's our next Cinema of Doom. Um, I, I read, the, I listened to the short story when I was driving in the, in the car the other day. It's fantastic. Richard Matheson, obviously. Who did I Am Legend and many other things, Twilight Zone episodes and Star Trek episodes and stuff. Um, yeah, we've got to do that. Now, I have a funny tale. Um, as you know, I am heavily involved in Marvel Legends. I came across this Spider-Hulk figure, Rich, and the saga of the Spider-Hulk figure was carried through from last week uh, when you were off, when you were dying. Um, and I put you in the deep freeze. I actually said to Aaron, if I if I get Rich out of the deep freeze, and I say to him, how do you feel about Marvel and DC? And if you said, oh, it's all great, it's fantastic, I said, I know he's a scroll. <laughs> <laughs> if Rich was like, oh, it's just all great, I, I can't wait to get back into it. Yeah, hand me the latest X-Men comic. Uh, I'd be like, yeah, this guy's an imposter. This isn't Rich. <laughs> Definitely. This guy's a fucking clown. Um, yeah, no, so this Spider-Hulk thing. Now, I sent you the picture, Rich. This guy wanted 250 I had a guy who wanted 400 No, he wanted 450 And I said, sorry, pal, way out of my price range. I was thinking 50 to to 100 bucks, And he said, um, I'll drop it to 400 if we do the deal right now. And I was like... I said we're not even we're not even close. Like it's 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 crazy time. What what you what you try to sell? Now I don't know if it's the same guy, but I came across a guy today, two fifty. I'm like, what the fuck is it with Spider Hulk and these guys who've got it thinking it's worth this much money? Um, you've seen the figure. Would you agree with me? Fifty to hundred bucks would be a fair price. Oh yeah, I said I said seventy five bucks right in the middle. Maximum to me, really. Yeah, I don't get it, and I and I look. I didn't even go. I didn't even because I don't even go close, and that's not boxed kids, either. And um, yeah, I just don't get it. I, I I think there's an there's an inflation in their heads that I know it's. A, I thought it was. See, when I originally saw it, I wasn't aware that it was. I thought it was new, so I thought it was recent, which is why I was pricing it along the lines of what those bigger items that are recent are. The, the big hulks and stuff. They're all around the fifty to hundred. Mark, but um, I think it came out in the early 2000s. Um, it looks pretty cool, but I think it's one they'll redo again because Marvel Legends, Spider-Man and Hulk combined together, two of the most popular you know, toys and characters. I, I think the chances of them merging them together are, are pretty high, don't you think? Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, so um, it's just... 
It's just crazy time, Rich. I mean, and also, by the way, while I was, I've been locking in a lot of stuff. I've got this Dark Beast figure. I think I sent you the picture, man. He's so fucking sweet. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Cool. I, 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 I realised something today. I far prefer Dark Beast to Normal Beast. You know? Like, and what's hilarious is now Normal Beast has turned into Dark Beast. But I prefer the original Dark Beast, who was just evil completely. Like, he was just such a crazy bastard. Like, there was just no stopping him, it seemed like to me. Mm. Like, am I, am I nuts, Rich? No, no, Dark Beast was a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, um, great character. Uh, it, well, put it this way, that's why they brought him into the... Um, regular bar. MC. In, into the regular, yeah. Didn't he at some point actually lock up Normal Beast? He did actually do that? And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was posing as Normal <laughs> Beast, yeah. Did he have to dye his fur? Yes. <laughs> so he did do that. Okay, right. Well, how did he get sort of like captured? Was he just too evil and just couldn't resist sort of thing? Is that what it was? Like he just couldn't resist uh, being evil? Probably, yeah. Yeah, he, he was just experimenting and <laughs> he was like taking the wings off flies and stuff and they're like this isn't something Beast would do and yet now Beast is just a crazy evil bastard himself like with the poor writing of today they've just turned Beast totally evil and they're just like oh yeah that's that's a great idea you know so much for Bless My Stars and Garters and all that stuff that's gone you know yeah yeah it's pathetic I saw an episode of Smallville and you should be proud of me, Rich. It was this black kid who got hit by a car and then wasn't um, damaged. And I thought, this could be um, Cyborg. And then I was going, is is it... Because um, I know Cyborg's black and all that stuff. But I was like, oh, man, what's his name? And, like, his actual name. It's Victor Stone, I believe, Rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and they said Victor, and I'm like, oh, but like, I think that's Cyborg, and it was Cyborg, and it was a good episode. And can I say that Cyborg, in the sort of low-budget Smallville episode, was a thousand times better than the fucking shit Cryborg we got in the Zack Snyder, you know? Oh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, even the Doom Patrol uh, Cyborg is fucking better than... Yeah. The Ray Fisher one. Well, they did a thing where Clark does his X-ray vision, and you see the cyborg underneath him, and it looked a lot like the comic one I remembered from, like, the 80s and stuff, you know, 90s, the design. It was a, look, I'm not saying it was an amazing performance or anything, but, but, but like, it was a decent little origin for Cyborg, you know? Like, it was a decent, it was almost a standalone episode. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, and I, and I wasn't aware Cyborg played any role in Smallville, so it was, a, it was a nice little episode. I am getting a bit tired of the Lana love story. Um... I'm kind of hoping she she's almost worn a welcome out for me, you know? Constantly busting his balls. Um, he refuses to tell her, which makes almost no sense because it feels like everyone else knows. But <laughs> he refuses to tell her that he's, like, fucking super-powered. But, like, so many people know, you know? <laughs> like, that, 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 that is actually amusing to me. But, um, yeah, no, it, it's, it's good stuff. Like, I, I really am enjoying it, and I'm midway through Season 5 now. Um, I'm kind of missing Jonathan Kent, though. I, I, I realise how much I like that actor, so it's kind of a shame he's gone. But Lex massively took a turn towards evil in this episode. Does he become more evil as the show goes on, Rich? Yeah, he does, but unfortunately then he also leaves the show. Um, right. So, yeah, I don't know what happened between... Um, uh, the showrunners and Rosenbaum and all that sort of stuff, but um, 
Right. Uh, yeah, he kind of left the show, and, and and the show did suffer for it. Yeah, well, he's good. Um, and, like, because up until now, he really, I mean, honestly, hasn't been that evil. Like, honestly, by Lex Luthor standards, I wouldn't think. No, um, yeah. so basically he kind of becomes, not evil, but he turns against him because um, because he knows Clark's secret and Clark won't tell him. Mm. Like, he's basically doing everything to get Clark to, to fucking be honest with him. Mm. Um, and Clark refuses to do it, and it actually, yeah, it drives him further and further over the edge because he's feeling like, um, li- lied to. You know, yeah, he's like, being dishonest. And all that. So I kind of like that. I kind of like that angle of, um, you know what I mean? Of like Lex not just being pure evil, but that he actually wants to be friends with Clark. Mm. But because Clark doesn't trust him, and obviously the family, you know what I mean? Like mm. there is sort of issues with the Luthers. He just can't bring himself to do it, and he, you know, he ends up paying the price. Yeah. No, it's it, it's really I think interesting. Um, Interesting portrayal, and the show will suffer for hit for, for losing him. Um, the dad's also good as well, Lionel Luther. Um, yeah, interesting story. So yeah, no, just overall, um, it's a far better show than I realised. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm sure it goes into decline at some point, but I've watched almost five complete seasons and had a really good time. You know, and what I like about it is there's so much of it that you can just I can watch like two episodes, take a break, come back, watch another two. You know, I've just gradually worked my way through it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, really, I've really enjoyed our season five. Now, Richard, you did some reporting, which is good to see. You came off your sick bed, and I always tease you and say you need to do more Jimmy Olsen-style reporting and get out there. Um, you have some stuff from San Diego Comic Con about... Um, what is this about? It's about Dark Horse Comics. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, so just basically, read, so basically, during the appearance at San Diego Comic Con as part of the Found in Translation... Um, panel, I guess. Mm. Journalist Deb Aoki reported that uh, uh, I believe the guy's name is Gomboss. Relayed during the panel, it's important to remember that ma- manga was made for Japanese readers. Mm. At Dark Horse Comics, manga is 1% of our output, but represents 66% of our sales. Gomboss' revelation cool. comes after Embracer Group revealed that Kentaro Miura's Berserk manga was the highest selling printed property in 2019 2020 and 2021 at dark horse comics hmm. so now obviously people go well why do they just get more well obviously there's licensing you've got to get the rights to it and all that sort of shit hmm. but for anyone who turns it and says that like ma- like manga is not eating western comics lunch just just keep that in mind one percent of yeah, dark horse that surprises me only because dark horse have mignola's hellboy as well which i thought they sort of like yeah, but Hellboy's it. not really been a thing for a long time, though, Dave. If that's you know, um, no, I'm not surprised by that. It's selling a lot. It just that I mean, that tells me that the, the Dark Horse it really is doing terribly and just propped up by fucking Berserk, which is a weird. I wouldn't have expected that. I I know they have Berserk, and I'm not surprised it sells well. Like I'm not surprised by that at all. But just they've got nothing else around it. I mean, they've got um, Yasagi Ojimbo back. They've got Hellboy. I would have thought those things would have been pretty vital to them as well, you know? Nope. Apparently that's, not, Dave. Are we, are we confident? Are we, are, we, are we confident that that's true, though? Like, let's have a look. Mm. Let's do a bit of internet research. Dark Horse. Again, it's, it's reported. It's, it's their selling. It's their numbers. So the guy it said was, that? Yeah. Wow. The guy from Dark Horse said... 
what we 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 distribute or we publish one percent mm. of, of our titles. One percent is manga, which obviously it's it's probably berserk. Yeah, but yet it it generates sixty six percent of their profit of their sales. Embracer Group. Em- yeah, well, okay. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'm I'm not well, surprised. Well, Embracer Group berserk. revealed the, the the sales as in what was the top selling. Yeah book at dark horse and for 2019 2020 and 2021 mm. it was berserk okay so i'm just saying like i'm not saying it's all doom and gloom and it's the end of it but i'm just saying jesus christ like one percent oh yeah it's it's of it's your crazy. market is making up 66 percent of your yeah. I, i'm i'm reading the i'm reading the thing here um yeah that's nuts i mean yeah that comes from the guy and it's just i don't know it's almost like i mean in one sense i mean God bless them for being, you know, good enough to actually get it because it's holding them up. But, like, my God, doesn't it tell you that there's um, – what it also tells me, if they've got any sense at all, is they've got to, they've got to get more more manga um, out there, you know, because – Well, right, again, it's, the rights it's, to it's, more of it. it's not easy for them because, as they said in the interview, manga mm. is made for the Japanese market and mm. they already have their own distribution – yeah stuff so, yeah yeah you know it's not like you can just go oh great manga's the top seller let's just fucking get you know as much manga as we can you you've got to go through the channels you've got to get the licenses right the yeah. uh printing rights all that sort of stuff and it's obviously not as easy no, to, no, yeah. to do so well i mean yeah but but immensely profitable when you can close the deal i guess you know and i would not just profitable but probably vital to their fucking bottom line from the sounds of it uh, I'm not stunned stunned. I, I think I'm stunned more by the sheer number rather than just the actual, you know, like I'm not I'm not that surprised that it's doing very well. You know, it's it's more the the the, the absolute um, dominance, I think, is, is, is what surprises me. Like the dominance of the uh, uh, of just how much of a percentage it is. That that's what's surprising me, you know? Mm-hmm. I read a thing recently, and I'm just looking here. The guy who who now I don't know if this is true or not. The guy who wrote Calvin and Hobbes is doing a, a, a manga. He's he's picking one up, and I thought it was Berserk, but it might be something else. the The guy's name is Bill Waterson, and um, you know Calvin and Hobbes was massive, and this guy's like heavily not into. He he never wanted to. Um, uh, turn it into a TV show or something. He's turned down like shitloads of offers, and um, yeah, here we go. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so this this guy Bill Watterson, supposedly now I don't know if this is true, is coming out of retirement to finish Berserk. So that that yeah, this I thought it was Berserk and it is. Yeah, he he's he's coming out of twenty eight years retirement to finish Kentaro Muria's dark fantasy manga Berserk. So that was recent. That that was like in the last couple of weeks he came out and said that. And um, yeah, so that's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like so, and I thought at the time, like it seemed weird to me that like a Western guy, especially one who's kind of retired and was famous for you know cartoons like back in the day, um, is doing it. But there you go. There must be some cross cross pollination there. I wonder if he's going to be doing that for Dark Horse. You know. Like I would assume so. Mm. It would sort of makes it, it sort of would make a sort of sense, don't you think? That like, um, if he's if he's coming out to do it, like 
that it would be going to, you know, a Western, you know, a Western guy. It it sort of you would think maybe he's he's lined a deal up with Dark Horse to to do these volumes. What do you think, Rich? What's your comments? Yeah, I, I, I mean, Berserk is a bit more unique, probably as a property. Um, it's also a bit older. Mm. Um, okay. So probably would help. It was probably maybe not easier, but probably helped that you know it's a bit of an older manga. But I'm, I'm not again, convinced it, that this is a true article, though, as well. Like, I, I've just got a feeling that this might be almost an April Fool's joke. You know what I mean? It's, it's not. I, I put. I did a lot of research into it. Uh, a lot of people have reported. Oh no, no, not uh, your news. My news about Bill uh, Watterson. Not your news. Your news. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's fake news. I mean, there's just lots of rumors and shit going around. I mean, uh, Berserk is a very, very popular franchise, man. I mean, yeah. Berserk is basically what inspired and it still inspires all those Dark Souls, Demon Souls, really, um, okay. Elden Ring games. A lot of really? their aesthetic. Because really? uh, we did a, we did a, we did a volume of it on the show with Connor, and I found it extremely boring. But this was like the start of Berserk. Maybe it gets like way more interesting. Oh, do you have a favor? Watch the anime, right? But not yeah. the not the new anime that they did where they where they used uh, CG three uh-huh. sort of model. Watch the original anime, which was the hand drawn cartoon yeah. stuff and all that. Uh, you'll get you'll you'll understand why people like it. Okay. Well, anyway, well, I, th- I think that's super interesting, man. And um, you've got some more stuff here about Manga Rich in a related note. You said um, you've got some... What have I got here? Yeah, Viz Vice President Kevin Hamrick. In related note, uh, Viz Vice President Kevin Hamrick has stated in a ICV2 interview that despite the manga sales being down this year industry-wide, mm-hmm. Viz still expects 2023 to be their third highest year on record. He also stated that big chain retailers like Walmart and Target have fabulous manga sales and that traditional comic shops are exploring how to introduce or expand their manga sections as well. <laughs> and then I didn't write this, but someone wrote here, real men read manga. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Look, I mean, this I, is the trend. Yeah, and look, I, I think a lot of comic book stores are starting to pivot into D&D, mm. Pathfinder stuff, um, board games. They are veering into, uh, definitely into manga. Uh, you cannot tell me. Like, I just went, I'm not joking, I went to Kunakania uh, uh, the other day. Oh, yeah, they've got a massive section. And I'm sorry, but uh, it's almost it's almost uh, likely you'd walk past the Western comics. Oh yeah, they've they've and really... like where, where, I thought that where, where's the where's the comics? Where's the X Men? Where's the Superman? Because the manga section is so fucking massive. Oh it's yeah, taken up so much of that store that you would almost miss the mm. the. The Western stuff, if you weren't like actively looking, and for it. and the so, Western stuff is there, and they have a decent collection, but it's just they're dwarfed by the um, by the uh, by the manga, and and also going to Kinnikinia, you know, often the the foot traffic in the manga is also quite substantial. Like you can tell, it's at least a warm property. You know what I mean? Like you can wander through the comic book bit. And sometimes be the only person in that aisle. But in the manga section, there's always kids in those aisles. You know, always. Like it's oh, yeah. it's you could tell it's a warm property. Whereas 
the Marvel section in Kamehameha is actually pretty big. But again, I, I get a feeling like they've got a lot of stuff that just stays on the shelf, you know? Um, I also think price, like, uh, look, clearly, I mean, we, we've, we've gone over a million times, but I feel the price point on the manga is a lot more uh, accessible to, uh, you know, a younger person. Like, they can pick up a volume on one of those soft covers. I guarantee you it's not costing, like, the 90, 100, 150, 180 bucks that those hardcovers can cost you, you know? Like, oh, for sure, yeah, dude. You go and pick up one of those omnibuses at full cover price, like, they could be $224. Now, I'm sorry, that's almost absurd, you know. Like, it's almost like, like, we've we, we've sort of deluded ourselves that that's a, that's a normal price, but if you think about it, that's absurd, that's incredibly enormous price for what it is, and you know. And then you you know whereas these kids can go and they go what twenty bucks or less they can probably pick up one of the mangas. I mean, it's pretty sort of. Well, you get a volume of so okay. So as I said to you, they have like the mangas kind of feature in a magazine, kind of very two thousand and AD. Uh, but, but they then click you get in the, the little books. Collected. Yeah, but yeah, when you go to a bookstore, you get the volume, and you know what? It's not as big as a comic book, so if it's nicely in your bag, mm. you know, in your pocket or something like that, it's fairly thick. Mm. For what you're paying for, yeah, um, you know, and and it's consistent. Do you know what I mean? The art's consistent, and the storytelling's consistent because it's the same guy. Yeah, that, that does it all. You I, I'm I mean? telling so, you, that there's a lot of reasons. Some of it's content. I, I honestly think some of it's accessibility too, and bang for your buck, or whatever you want to call that. Like bank. Like I remember being young. You know, you're all about bang for your buck. You know what I mean? Like we we only had a limited amount of money. Most of us. I mean, of course, you had some kids out there who had very deep pocket parents who were prepared to fund them, but most kids, you know, and most young adults, you've got a limited amount you can spend, you know, so you want to try to get as much bang for your buck as possible for, for every dollar spent. It's, you know, the, the, the figures may have changed, but the, would you agree, Rich? The motivation stays the same. And, um, yeah. yeah, and I'm just telling you, and, and everyone knows, I'm not the biggest manga fan. I, I find it, quite baffling but i can recognize why it's so popular and i can, I, I understand it and i see it when i go to kinakinia and i see all the kids there in that section all throughout it because i'm quite aware that there's a lot of different variations of manga you know like a lot of different things and you see the the all the girls in one area and the, you know what i mean you see the different breakdowns of the groups because it's quite obvious like it's 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 quite a diverse offering you know um, yeah. and I, I, again, it's just another reason why I think it's doing well. Now, all these things comics, Western comics could do, you know, like they could do things like making the pricing a lot more accessible. Um, I would say a, a, a more sort of, what's the word for it? I, I think a, a, more, a broader offering. Um, you could, they could have done all these things, but they, they won't. They've refused to. And if anything, their pivots towards it have almost been more desperate than um, informed, in my opinion. Um, yeah, oh, look, uh, yes, I totally agree. And, I mean, I, I still love my old comics, my old Western comics, but the new stuff, if I was a kid, if I was 10, 12, 15, 16, I'd be reading manga. I guarantee it. I would not be reading the latest, because I've read a little bit of manga that I've enjoyed, so I know there'd be stuff for me. And if it was that against most of the sh most of the shit that comes out from the big two, it wouldn't even be, you know, cost is one thing, 
but just even just the consistency of storytelling, like you're saying, it's not it's not a hard. It's a pretty logical reason why it's doing so well. You know why it's trashing the comic sales, and um, I I don't know if they'll come back from it at all. I I almost think that they've acquiesced. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and the thing is, but anime itself is getting everywhere. So mm. look at ne- I was so um, my sister loaned me her Netflix account um, the other day just so I could see what was on there. Mm. Dude, there's so much fucking anime on there. Like. If you go into Netflix now, it is chock, chock full of anime and animated stuff. So mm, the thing is, people, youngsters are getting into anime, into manga and anime because it's just so much more prevalent. That's than good though. Even the even the MCU stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's everywhere. But like, I'm loving that too. Even as a as a old you know person who's who's pushing fifty, I, I'm kind of open to it. And now it's getting onto the streaming services where because I, I, I'm lazy, Rich. I don't want to have to work too hard to find it. You know. And I go to Hulu, and I had that um, thing I was talking about the other week, the Gundam thing, you know, with the robots and the Vietnam War and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I started watching it. I was like, I'm quite enjoying it. Like, you know, I've only watched a little bit of it, but I'm like, yeah, this is this is fine. Um, I got no problems with this, and um, now it's getting. It, there's a lot of it on the normal streaming services, and and for someone like me, that's great. And if I go to Netflix and I see some of it, I'm more inclined now to check it out. And it's not because I love it, but it's because I'm like, yeah, this is okay. Like, this is probably up my alley. You've got to kind of get into the groove with it. But, you know, uh, like, I, I totally get it. I I almost, like, I, I don't even see... I don't see the Western animation from the superhero shit competing with it even. Like, the Western animation, to me, is very poor, what I've seen recently, you know? Mm-hmm. When I've put it on... I used to get very excited for it, like, say, 10 years ago. But when I put it on now, I'm like, man, this animation sucks. Like, you know, <laughs> like... Does, yeah. yeah, like, I'm just like, God, they're not even trying. And 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 it takes me out of it. Like, um, I'll tell you an example. of This is 10 years ago, but I'm watching it now. G.I. Joe Renegades. It's kind of... It's a really good story with really bad animation, and the story keeps me going. But it's got to be the ugliest Scarlet I've ever seen. Like, it's, it's, it's honestly, I look at it and I think, oh, my God, it's like a kid in, like, grade two had to draw a picture of Scarlet, you know? It's terrible. Um, but the story's excellent. It's actually absolutely excellent. Now, unfortunately, the stuff DC puts out, the story is, I would say, mediocre to, to ordinary with terrible animation. Well, there's no cell, you know? And that's now. That's not 10 years ago. Like, and you can't tell me that the fucking DC characters that they're putting in, they're more popular than the fucking G.I. Joe characters to a mainstream, you know? Um, like Batman and Superman are big enough that I think they should be getting decent animation, you know? I, I think it's appalling that stuff in the 90s looks better than what they're doing now. I think that's a fucking travesty, personally. Yeah, no, I, I, I really do. I, 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 I just can't get over it. I'm like, I'm looking at it sometimes, thinking, "Oh my god, if this was the '90s in the animated series, I wouldn't have watched it." You know, and we're we're in 2023, and they always cry poor. I'm like, these fucking companies are worth billions. 
Like, oh God, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, one of the things that I think annoys me the absolute most um, about Marvel and DC is they've they've completely given up on the animation mm. market. I think they've literally gone fuck it. We can't compete with with anime. This is mm. too much, and which sucks because you know what? You only need one or two good shows. Like, mm. uh, I mean, I, I'm sorry, but like Batman, um, the animated series. You know what I mean? Like that, that's fantastic and can stand on its own against anime and all that sort of shit. You know what I mean? Because mm. they're great storytelling, great oh, animation, yeah. yeah, all that sort of stuff. I mean, the fact that there is lift, that Marvel and DC are producing absolutely nothing. I mean, Marvel, for God's sakes, has Disney Plus. Yeah, and they don't have like okay, I find I know that they are working on the X Men, the sequel to the X Men. You know, that's coming out soon, apparently. Yeah, I know, but my point is that should have been in the works a long time ago. Yeah, sure. Or a, a new X-Men cartoon yeah. should have been in the works. Yeah. A new Avengers show should have been in the yeah. works. You know 100%. what I mean? Like, yeah. fuck it, a Doctor Strange. Try a Doctor Strange fucking animated show. Mm. Uh, a, a weekly show. You know what I mean? Like, uh, a, um, you know, a, a, what do you call it? Like They the, should have had the, cartoons for all the characters, basically, is what you're saying. Or at least start off with two or three. Yeah. You know, get the fucking ball rolling. I totally like, agree. I, well, they've got the platform. disgusting. Like, the thing is, the hilarious thing is, I will often... I've been watching the Hulk cartoon from the 90s. It's a lot of fucking fun. I never caught it. You know, I don't think we even got it where I was living. And I, I watched that, and I'm like, man, this is a fucking fun cartoon. You know what I mean? Like, from the 90s. And there's only two seasons, um, but it's fun, you know? And I just think, oh, my God, they could so easily do it again, like, properly, you know, with better animation. And I just... It boggles my mind. I totally agree with you. Yes, I know X-Men 97 is coming, but that should have come out of the gate, you know, and there should be, a, as you say, a new Avengers, etc. But there's just been a lot of fumbling of the ball. Um, I, I do think Marvel will probably eventually get it right, but Jesus Christ, have taken the time, you know. And DC just pump out mediocre product when it comes mm. to the animation. They just they pump it out. I, I will tell you one thing. It's not... It, it's it's a different style of animation. I know you hate it. The Harley Quinn show is, I think, really good, and at least they're going for a far more, like almost like a Rick and Morty vibe, you know. Um, mm. And they're going completely in oh, the opposite it's direction. Not terrible in that, just because it it, it does harken to the uh, the Batman Taz yeah show. I just don't like the characters. No, I know, but but I'm saying at least they put that out. They put that out of the gate pretty much, and it's had I think three seasons onto its fourth season, and it is good. Um, but that's, uh, you know, Jesus Christ, that's one show. You know what I mean? Like, you know, let's not get carried away here. That's one show where I think they got it right. Um, there should be a lot more animated content. And we saw fucking James Gunn, oh, you know, all the animated actors are going to be the same as the live action actors, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, get ready for fucking 2026, Rich, when we see some of this stuff, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm not exactly staying up at night dreaming about the day I get a Creature Commandos, you know, which is going to apparently kick it all off. Like, you know, like Creature Commandos, yeah, it's cool. Like, JM created it and stuff. But, like, I don't think the world's sitting out there just, you know, fucking counting the days. Oh, like, you know. you, sorry, going off a bit off topic, did you hear that uh, Werewolf Captain America is coming back? Yes, I put it in the news, man. Cap oh, is it? Yeah. Well, you just mentioned that because it's Captain America and the, the Howling Commandos. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, um, that's yeah. um yeah that I only put that in the news today. Is it a comic series? I think it is. Yes, 
It's a mini series. Uh, Isn't that funny? Because four or six issues or something. I remember back in the um, early two thousands, Cap Wolf was always used as the moment where Grinwald's Captain America jumped the shark. Like they were just like they made fun of it. And now they've sort of obviously embraced it. You know what I mean? Isn't it funny how perceptions well, change? Well, to be fair, Marvel is literally embracing anything. Like, yeah. here's the thing. Uh, the funny thing is, is look, I give DC shit, right, mm. uh, for the crap that they're doing. Um, uh, but the difference is that, like, Marvel is just literally just regurgitating every sure. idea they've ever had. Any event, yeah. any fucking thing, they just like almost like Disney is like fuck it, we got nothing left. Let's just remake all the old fucking yeah. movies, do it as live action. Yeah, like that's what Marvel is. Marvel is literally like, oh well, I mean that's what our parent company is doing. So pff, let's just. Well, they started I mean? bringing back all the old guys, you know, like um, which in some cases has been fantastic. Like where they're like to Michelini do a Venom, to James DiMatteis, he's done a couple of Spider-Mans, all set in the era. Uh, Peter David did the New Fantastic Four. Um, I mean, I've enjoyed it, but I agree with you. It is a it is a backwards way of thinking, but I personally have enjoyed it because I think it's been... They've, they've, they've at least gotten the creators who were responsible. Oh, no. no, hang on. No, no, no. I don't... Yeah, I don't necessarily mind the thing of like, hey, let's get like JM and let's go mm. ever back and let them just sort of continue... Mm. From where they left off, but I'm saying they are just regurgitating old events. Oh, like, like Civil War Two and stuff. Like when they did like Heroes Reborn and yeah, yeah. Civil War Two, and yeah. you know what I mean. It's like oh, yeah. they lift. I don't think they have. And I think they're doing another. You know, they did. did they, they did. They did another Secret Wars, didn't they? Uh, they did the Hickman one, the Secret Wars one. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like they literally are just redoing yeah. the same yeah, yeah, like yeah, events yeah. and stuff. Yes, it's not exactly the same. It's. It's slightly different, but it's the same fucking it's name. It's very similar, though. And... Like, it's... Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. I'm, actually, I, yeah. I'm waiting for Onslaught 2. It'll come. <laughs> you, it'll come. Like, I, I don't, know, yeah. but I'm waiting for it. That's what I'm saying. I'm literally waiting for it. If they could get people to care about the X-Men, they'd do Age of Apocalypse 2, I'm sure. Um, yeah, no, you're right. And uh, as, as you you know, the, the old cliche that the sequel is never as good as the original. You know, I know there are examples where that's proven wrong, but Marvel almost universally prove it's true <laughs> with their reheats, you know? Like, I don't think anyone out there is thinking Civil War 2 was anything like Civil War 1, you know? Oh, God, it was so bad. It was fucking terrible. Like, it was... Uh, even for Bendis, by Bendis standards, it was terrible, you know? Um, yeah. No, there's a lot going, but I will say in their in their support, I have liked almost every single time they've brought the band back together and they've gotten JM on his on his Spider Man titles and they had Peter David on the Fantastic Four one. Um, I've enjoyed them. They've got Howard Mackey on the Ghost Rider. Um, like I, I I know that that's deliberately marketing basically towards us, Rich. You know, nineties buyers. You know, but. At least it's been done well, you know, at least. Mm. Even the one we're doing this week of Magneto with JM, that's set during the 80s when Magneto was running the headmaster, was the headmaster, I realised. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't, I, I thought it was going to be set now. Uh, and I was like, man, I hope I, I don't even know what's going on in the current X-Men, um, although I am making an attempt to try to read it. But, um, but no, it's set during the 80s, you know, right around that period where X-Men, um, where Fantastic Four, put him on trial or something like you, you know, that period where he was the headmaster for a year or two. 
Mm-hmm. It was around the time of the original Secret Wars. It might have been a bit after, but it was around that time period. Um, yeah, but anyway, interesting. Interesting times, man. Like, um, And it's kind of... Would you agree with me, Rich? It's such a weird thing because so much of the classic stuff is available and I'm really enjoying it. Like, But the current stuff, it's so hard to find the gems, you know? God, yeah, yeah. I'm not, yeah, and I. And the thing is, what's what sucks is I try. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like every every couple of weeks, I would literally look. You know what I mean? Um, I'll even even try and go into a comic book shop, mm. like Kings and all that sort of stuff, and I will try. You mm. know what I mean? I I try my best to just try and mm. find stuff to get me excited and and like wanting to read, but I just. It's just not there. Like I'm, I'm sorry, but like almost none of the DC stuff holds any interest for me. Read some GI Joe, Yo Joe. I'm reading plenty of Yo Joe. It's that that's yeah, popping, man. I, the old stuff is good. I still don't think the current stuff is is <laughs> as good, sadly. Well, right now there's none because they were waiting for Kirkman to relaunch it all. Um, you know, but but I, I mean, I'll swear by Chuck Dixon's Conan. Uh, Chuck Dixon's, uh, well, he's kind of, no, but no, also he, his yeah, GI Joe. Yeah, but again, I'm look. I'm I am. I'm reading Ten old stuff. Ago. You know, I'm going back yeah. and reading old X Men stuff and and Superman stuff and all that sort of stuff. And I'm getting enjoyment out of it, but it's not it's not the same. Like no, no, I hear man. I, I hear. I, I'm enjoying it going, man. Like yeah, wish I had newer stuff. You know what I mean? Like um, to get me excited, newer artists, newer storytellers. You know what I mean? Like sure. I want to, you know, especially for me as as an artist. I want to be able to discover my next favorite artist. You know what I mean? Sure. Like the guy that like, when you just see the art, you go, Jesus Christ, it speaks to my soul. You're not just trapped you know in the past like Davey, you know, happily in his, <laughs> in his, in his chamber. This is interesting, Rich. Um, a Newswire article was published on Wednesday about Mike Barron's recent crowdfunding projects and the suppression of his private American comic book. Um, in the article, the author cites an expert on the matter, David Finn. David Finn of the Signal of Doom podcast says, it's the punisher the fans have been missing. <laughs> um, now, there was also a link um, to the recent Mike Barron uh, interview. Now, also, um, there was this massive article about, um, basically about, how, what can I say, um, like, cancel culture being cancelled. And it was all to do with, um, I don't want to get overly political, but it was that Tribe in a Small Town song. And have you heard, like, there was a big debate about it in the US? Anyway, we won't bother to go into it, but the article was about the pushback to the cancel culture and a lot of people having success, one of whom was Mike Barron, with stuff that runs counter to the sort of PC narrative, um, which is just interesting, I think, you know. Um, certainly some success is being had in that field, and, um, you know, you can, you, can, you can piss and moan about it, or you can maybe say that, some of this cancel culture bullshit has gone on for long enough, Rich. You know. Oh, definitely been going on for. Way like they've, they've really had a they've had a long run at the ball. They've they've really succeeded in in ruining a few careers at times. Totally fucking, I would say, ridiculously. Um, yeah, and you know now um, there seems to be sort of almost like a, um, you know, like a, a sort of pushback against it. Yeah, this is great. I, I'm reading this article where I'm quoted. This is fantastic. I'm, I, I'm being quoted here, Rich, by, by people um, 
Yeah, big studios on August August the second. There you go, David Finn. Fantastic, man. David Finn's been quoted. You you finally made it, kid. Chris Brawley, whoever that is, at big studios. Big thank you to him, man. Um, yeah, the, it's the punisher the fans have been missing. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm liking my own quote. <laughs> anyway, I mean, thank you for for Chris for mentioning me in that in that article. God bless him. Um, now this was actually funny, Rich. The Last of Us has a knockoff that was on the Nintendo eShop. It looked like the shittiest version of Last of Us I've ever seen. Uh, as Sony stakes a copyright claim, uh, I saw the image and I sort of thought it was a um. I misread the article, and I thought it was like a Nintendo port of Last of Us, and I was like, man, this looks fucking awful. Like, it looked like <laughs> GTA fucking 3 graphics, probably not even quite as good. And I was like, man, that looks bad. Like, I can't believe that they couldn't do better than that. And then I realised someone had just apparently ripped off Last of Us and, and put it on this store, and it's been removed now. But, like... That's fucking funny. Like, uh, I mean, I would have thought you could name it something other than Last of Us and you get away with it. Like, a lot of this stuff is very similar, you know? Like, the idea oh, yeah. of... I just, I look, there's lots of rip-off stuff, like, let's be honest. Yeah, like, the idea of Last of Us this is not that revolutionary. Like, it's sort of like another take on zombies and a young girl and her protector traveling the wilderness like it's not something that you know is that unheard of you know what i mean like it's so i'm sort of but maybe that they've made called it last of last of last of us or something and they've called it like very similar um i don't know but i've seen some parodies like when people put out the tv movies that are very similar to the title of the actual really big hit movie you you, you know you see that director dvd sort of stuff where they where it's instead of like Basic Instinct, it's called something super similar, like like Primal Instinct or something, or, or you know, or Base Instinct. Have you, have you, do you know what I'm talking about, Rich? Vaguely. Vaguely? Really? I mean, Rich, this is, this is current stuff, man. Like, this is, this is direct... Is it, though? Direct to DVD films that rip off the titles of massive hit movies. This is the common thing. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's... But I, I, I've never watched them. I know I've like, not watched them, but I'm, I'm saying I they exist. Like the Pacific Rim, and then you get Atlantic Rim, and all that. But I mean, that's yeah. been yeah. that's been happening for like a hundred years, man. But that's like, what I'm talking about. Like those things. How do those things are allowed? But this Last of Us ripoff's not. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, I probably because games are well, games are a little bit different. I suppose. I don't know. I, I don't think it should be. I think it should be allowed to to stay. So yeah, fuck it. I don't care. Like, I mean, like, what, what are they worried about? Like, people are not going to play Last of Us. They're going to play the shitty ripoff instead? Like, I guess they're just worried about their trademark being infringed, you know? Well, they probably just don't want someone accidentally buying something and then bitching and moaning and then wanting a refund and all that sort of crap. Yeah, yeah, indeed. This was funny. Uh, the Secret Invasion uh, executive producer... Ali Salim discussed the passionate Marvel fan base and the challenge of meeting their expectations... Oh, I don't read reviews with all due respect, Salim said. For me, I view all the storytelling work I do as a dialogue with an audience. Okay, when the show is finished and put on the screen, that's my half of the dialogue. And then the audience starts their half of the dialogue. I think it's valuable, but I don't know. I don't know how to answer the question. I'm like, well, the dialogue is, is two-way, you know? And then, um, yes, he was basically sort of saying, like, um, 
yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't care. Uh, he doesn't. He, he's not aware of the negative reviews. Well, unfortunately, there've been plenty. You know. <laughs> um, and by the way, while we're here, I'll do a secret invasion discussion. I thought it was a solid six point five out of ten show, and I could be slightly generous. I didn't think it was as bad as people are saying, but Richard, it was very low stakes for a secret invasion. Like, it really felt like I know they focused on Samuel L. and he was good. Um, but they needed to open the story up so much more. Like, the original story in the comics was so much better. You know, this was a very small story, weirdly. Mm. Um, which I think is a shame because it has all the potential to be a much bigger story, but they just don't let it be. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah, there are a million scrolls on Earth, but the only fucking scroll is, do you want to hear the spoiler, Rich? Sure. War Machine. And, and that's, like, supposed to be the big, thing and it's like well he's the only hero you have in the fucking show you know like well, you, you know yeah i did the, the, so i believe my quote to you was mm. they try they're trying to take they're trying to do too much with too little right so secret invasion in the comics was massive yeah like because it it, it, it rippled across the entire fucking planet like yeah every hero every villain like it do you know what i mean like yeah. no one was safe who's a scroll then you come and do the secret invasion on the TV show. Yeah, and, and literally the only guy that is there is, is, is War Machine. Yeah. Like, really? No one else? Like, and, and then he turns out to be a scroll. Like, but it was such a waste because, like, and that reveal is kind of cool. Like, it was, but it was like, you could have done this as a really big movie. And, and had, you know, actual, like, there's plenty of beloved characters in the MCU. You know what I mean? Like, they've built up quite a roster of people who you could have flipped and turned and done this and that with. And I know in their defense, they'll say, oh, they still could be, you know, because, like, you know, like, not all of it was, like, um, uncovered and stuff. But it just felt so small. Like, really, it felt really, really low stakes. Um, stuff. It was okay. Like it was. It was ah, watchable. But another thing that doesn't help, right, is there's no shield. Mm. So you could have had. Okay, imagine this, right? Shield got it gets uh, infiltrated by um, Hydra, right? Yeah. And basically, she was taken off. Then imagine over the course of the movies, right? Fury has reestablished Shield. Mm -hmm. Right. He's built it up, and he's not going to make the same mistakes. And then, uh oh. Yeah. Scroll. Yeah. Oh fuck. Am I gonna? Is it, have I been infiltrated again? Is the whole fucking shit gonna blow up in my face again? You could have done that as a spy espionage. The whole facility. You know what I mean? What? Which agents are yours? Which ones are scrolls? That could have been far more bigger and exciting than just fucking fury and a couple of people. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, as I said, I saw I saw a little bit of of episode one, and I was just like, no. I was like, I'm not, I'm out, I can't. Oh, uh, look, I mean, they sort of tried at the very end. Um, they had the Super Scrolls, who had all the powers of the different Marvel heroes. So you had them doing Groot, and you had them doing Captain Marvel, and you had them doing Mantis, and whoever else, I think Hulk. But, dude, it was, it was by that point, it was too little too late, you know? Like, by that point... As all, as I often say, with with uh, Disney, uh, Marvel shows, and Star Wars shows, they want to feed you scraps and pretend it's a meal. You know, mm -hmm. they they, yep. they are, and this more than ever was that. 
a few little scraps of the end, Rich, and shouldn't he be so fucking happy? No. My, my stomach was not filled. I, I, I really I, I want to say that these um, people making these shows and the Disney execs who obviously tell them what to do, you need to give people more or they will not show up. Like, I watched this and I was with Michelle. It was like six episodes or something and I was just like, it was okay, but I'm like, I can understand why it got a negative review because I understand the audience out there, they're, they're bored of it, they're bored of the low-stakes stuff, um, they're sick of being fed scraps, and the tide has sort of turned, and unless the Marvel product is actually good, just just okay is going to get them negative reviews now. That's where they are. Um, and this was exactly that. Like, it's not as bad as some of the reviews I've seen. It's okay, Rich, but okay's not cutting it, you know? Yeah, of course, no. And... Um, and and look, uh, I know we've got a lunch on this, and What's I that? still stand by it. I do think a reboot is still coming. Mm. I, I I think I just don't think that the interest is there. I don't think the characters are there anymore. Um, I, I honestly I think they're going to say, listen, we've got to reboot and go back to Iron Man, Captain America, sure, Thor, all that sort of stuff. I, I I'm still I'm even strongly. Uh, more strongly feeling like a, a reboot is. I, I wouldn't mind if they rebooted with the X Men. I wouldn't mind if they rebooted with the X Men and started off with the X Men. You know, mm. like why not? I I wouldn't worry me if they rebooted. I wouldn't shed any fucking tears. Um, we're a long way into the cycle. Like honestly, I'm not. You know, I I think a lot of people out there would sort of almost welcome it. Um, I don't know. Look, put it this way: this was un this was unnecessary TV. This was like. The kind of thing you put on to kill some time, you know, and you're like, yeah, it's okay. Samuel is pretty good. There's not a lot of story. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It, it's all potential wasted. Like a lot of big talk about how they've got a million scrolls, you wouldn't know it from the show, you know? You would think they've got about 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> um, yeah, so that was pretty funny. Oh, what was also funny was I missed the reveal of Cheadle. And and then I was reading all these. Uh, this is funny, actually. This this sums me up. Okay, so Davey's on his phone through this episode, which was quite dull. And there's a there's seriously a, a reveal of Cheadle when he looks in the mirror and he's a scroll and he turns back to Cheadle. And this is in like episode I think four or something. And anyway, so in between that episode and the next day, because we were watching it kind of nightly, because we'd let it all pile up, um, I found out that Cheadle was a scroll. And I was, like, super excited. I was, like, so happy with myself that I had this information. I didn't tell Michelle. I was bursting to tell her because, you know, I love Cheadle. And I was bursting to tell her because it's easily the most interesting thing that happens in the show. Easily. Easily. Not even anything else comes close, you know. And I was, like, I, I, I resisted telling Michelle. And I was, like, saying, I know something you don't know, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and, then, and then she's, like, fine, just tell me what. And, and I go, Cheadle, he's a scroll. She's, like, I know. It was in the show. No, that's what happened. It was in the... It was... We, we turned it on, and I was saying, I know something you don't know, and then we turned it on, and it was in the previously seen? And, and so, you know, previously on Secret Invasion, and it was the, the scene of Cheadle turning into the scroll, and I was like, what the fuck? What was this? Then we had to replay it, and the last, like, two minutes of the previous episode, I'd completely not paid any attention <laughs> to Cheadle. Oh, that's not a good sign, is it? 
Yeah, no, it's not a good show. But it's also, but I'm also a bad watcher. So, like, let's be honest there as well. <laughs> like, it doesn't take much for me to get distracted. Um, like, I can't tell you how much Walking Dead I've had to. Michelle's had to tell me Russell, what happened. Can, can we also just say, like, he was literally the only other superhero. He was. Like, he was the only superhero he, in the show. Of course, he was going to be a scroll. Yeah, yeah, it's not that big, and he was a prick too. He was actually really playing a real prick, like way worse ever than War Machine's ever been. So he was kind of almost playing against character a little bit. And, um, like, he was sassy. I know Cheadle can be sassy, but playing War Machine, I was like, wow, fucking War Machine's got a fucking bitch attitude in this this series. Anyway, so, yeah, you're right. The one superhero they had, and, and also what pissed me off, they didn't allow him to wear the War Machine armor. That, I thought that was such a fucking waste of... Like, funny, bro. But why have War Machine and you don't use the armor? Like, what's the point? Do you know why they had War Machine, Dave? Because they couldn't get anyone right. else. It's not because they wanted War Machine. That's literally all they could get. I don't know about that. Cheadle's a pretty big star. You know? Yes, but he's also not really been utilized. Like, he's not... Sure. He's not intricate to any other movies or storylines. Well, he's, like, he's got his armor... Yeah, you're right. He's got his armor wars thing coming, but... Yeah, no, I said I said during this show, that's the one thing I'll say about Secret Invasion. Cheadle's War Machine had more of a story than any of the movies have given him. You know, he actually had like a little bit of an arc and then obviously the reveal, so he had a moment. Um, so that, I would actually say that's probably a good 1.5 to 2 points in my score, honestly. If it wasn't for War Machine, I probably would be giving it a 5 or a 4.5, you know? Um, you know I love War Machine, but I but I, I'm deducting half a point because they should have put him in the armor. Like it's ridiculous. There's yeah, a, I don't disagree, but there's a said, battle they, scene, like, man. There's a battle they scene. Were saving money, bro. They were saving money. Well, fuck, fuck all the saving money shit because like and, uh, you want also, people to watch. I I also like that you have the two battle between the scrolls, mm. but no Nick Fury is in the final battle and no War Machine is in the final battle, and it's like. Why? Like, well, some wouldn't, wouldn't, it more, wouldn't, wouldn't it be better if you were saying the villain is so tough mm. that it takes all three of them mm. to take him down? He's that dangerous. Well, but but in the story from memory, uh, Samuel L. was doing something else at the, at the same time. Like, so there was like a two pronged attack. Forget about what excuses they've given you. A good writer would have made it that the three of them were needed to be... No, to, no, to what I mean it. is, like, in the story, they were doing something else. At the time that the Super Scrolls were fighting... Yeah, but who's the main character? The the, the, the chick or, or Nick Fury? Oh, well, I don't know, but, like, Nick they... Fury has to be involved in the taking down of the bad guy, even if he's just there to sort of help or, 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 or just give the final killing blow. But your main character doesn't... Yeah. Can't do nothing in the final battle. Well, he saved the, the president. He saved the president. Ah, come on, Dave. Oh, well, I'm just saying. He did do something. But there was a funny thing. I know what you mean. There was a funny thing at the end. So at the end, like, obviously, the female Super Scroll beats the evil male Super Scroll, and, you know, it's a happy ending. And um, what, what then happens is, so they were asking that guy who was like, oh, I don't read reviews. They were asking him, is he going to do a sequel? He's like, oh, I don't know, nothing's been talked about. He goes, but where the, the female Super Scroll, like played by Daenerys, you know, um, and the British female, like, Secret Service officer, like, Chief, because where those carriers were headed was just so absorbing. And I was like, really, was it? Like, 
<laughs> like I was like, wow, that was. Uh, I'd put that in the category of subplots we never need to follow up on. You know what I mean? Like, like God, if that's what he's thinking, he's going to be the like. Oh yeah, where the female super scroll and the and the sort of like slightly quirky English spy chief. Yeah, wow. No thanks. If that's a fucking yeah, show, I'll be passing on that. I'm, I firmly believe that at the very least, Secret Invasion should have actually been uh, saved for... Okay, let's say you're having success, right? In your phases. Mm. And after you do something either before the Kang phase or after the Kang phase. You have the movies building up towards the Secret Invasion. I agree, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you could even drop hints of it in the movies... Show yeah, that people yeah. aren't what they say they are, or somehow in two locations, and you and you set it all up, and then you have like an event movie where it's them taking on the scrolls, and you reveal who's a scroll, and blah 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 blah. But uh, um, yeah, I, I don't. I will say this: in its to, it, what a waste what, of a show this was. It was a waste of a show. I will say this: there is still the chance that scrolls could be in the super teams. They deliberately, um, yeah. So I sort of think that wraps it up on Secret Invasion, man. It was more like secretly mediocre. You know, invasion. Like it was like. Oh, a, I don't know if it was secret, but yeah. <laughs> like, but one thing I said to Michelle is, I said the real comic book event was so much more exciting than this. Like, this is like a really bad. It's like a copy of a copy of a copy. You know, like, which I, again I think is unforgivable. I I think this could have been a really big, fantastic movie. And one of my favourite moments in modern Marvel comics, and so post two thousand. Was that scene where they're on the mission and Elektra dies and they turn her over and she's a scroll and that's the prelude to Secret Invasion and just that um, that emotion amongst the team like shit, Elektra was a scroll, like what the fuck and just the ripple out of that uh, you know, scrolls on a lot of the teams, fully infiltrating all the groups. I mean that was so such an awesome sort of reveal uh and so universe shaking in terms of the the marvel universe whereas this was like such a fucking like storm in a fucking teacup in comparison you know like wow oh, yeah yeah wow war machine's a scroll wow war machine who didn't do anything okay cool you know like jesus christ like you know like talk about not uh extending yourself war machine you didn't exactly cause a lot of damage or anything you just sort of stayed undercover brother you know the whole time <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> deep cover for war machine um and it's hilarious at the end when Cheeto comes out he's like where, where am i where am i and they're like you've been a scroll you've been in uh anime you know cybernetic whatever sleep since like uh civil war oh okay it's like, oh, jesus christ like you remember captain america civil war yeah yeah, you've been you've been un- under since then. Oh, yeah, about the the thirty seven minute mark. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is that means you weren't crippled. <laughs> no, he uh, is. No, he is crippled. No, he is crippled. So he's he he can he he he's struggling to walk. Like it, oh wow, so they didn't even undo the no. He's okay, back to because in this. He's walking absolutely fine. Like, Cheadle in all the Secret Invasion, he's walking perfectly. Like, it's like he's fully mastered that, you know, the legs they gave him and everything. Whereas when he comes out of the um, the, the, the sort of sleep, he's hobbling, you know? Like, he's, he's in a hospital gown and he's, like, hobbling, like, so he's still injured. 
So it, it, they don't actually say exactly when, but it's clearly very shortly after Civil War. You know, so he's he's still rehabbing the injury. Um, so fair yeah. enough. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's just the way it lies. Now, it's a thing. And yeah, it's a thing. It, it happened. It happened. The life happened, and that happened. And I guess Cheadle, the, the work continues. Ben Mendelsohn's very mediocre character finally gets killed. That was only one good thing to come out of Secret Invasion. That character that's been limping along in small little scenes for what feels like the last five years um, came to a very unsatisfactory end, Rich. Uh, wrapping up a very mediocre story. Yeah, about right. Yeah, well, I think he was always like a wet fart, you know. Um, yeah, just talk about a character who never had anything to offer, you know. And when he dies, you're like, eh, he's dead. Good. The end of that story, at least. Um, make sure he's dead. Cut off the head. Um, now, Rich, you had some news about Loki. What's happening? Loki season two. You know I enjoyed season one. What's happening in yeah. season two? Well, it's happening. Good. I'm glad. I mean, that that's all I could ascertain from the trailer. Uh, he's having some weird time slips. Uh, mm-hmm. The female Loki looks like a really bad mullet. Mm-hmm. Um kind of reminded me of that comedian Theo Vaughn. She just know. looks so retarded. Um, I don't know who that is. Uh, oh, uh, the, the that Asian guy that played uh, Short Round and... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's making his debut in it. Um, basically just channeling grown-up um, Short Round, basically. Um, with all that mannerisms and high-pitched voice. Um Who's he, yeah. who's he channeling? And Kang looks. Kang is still the villain for some fucking reason. That we we still pretending that he's an app, an, an actual threat. I don't know. Uh, who who's who's short round channeling? No, no, he's channeling short round. So the oh, actor. Right. I see. Right. Okay. He's, 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 he's like, yep, I'm here to make people think of short round. So. Well, that's his claim to fame, isn't it? Daughter, Doctor Jones. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that his claim to fame? Well, that and Goonies. Sure. Yeah, Goonies, where he's got, like, all the equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was good in Goonies, actually. He was good in both those movies, actually. He was very good. Um, but it's been pretty dry since then until he was in everything, whatever that sh- sh- movie's called, Everything Everywhere at Once or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen that. So. I haven't seen that. But, that, but I believe he's in that, yes. That was his big comeback, you know, and he was, like, sobbing on stage and stuff and, like, you know, like. Just he's you know I mean I I I I like him as short round two so I'm kind of glad he's back but he's milking it and yeah he's playing it'd be funny if he was just playing a grown up short round <laughs> you know adult short round which I guess is what yeah. he's, that is what he's playing actually when you think about it yeah I will say this I don't I honestly I don't know the point of the show what what is like, the show Loki yeah yeah now. I understand the point of the show in that, like, okay, it's a time agency and they're mm. fixing time. I just don't understand the Loki. Uh, um, well, it's just giving fucking what's his I name mean, something to do. The Scott. Yeah, Hiddleston I just don't world. feel like it fits with his character. Like, I don't know. Tom Hiddleston. Uh, I, I kind of like. I don't know. I like Loki as the villain. I'm sorry. Like, I kind of like him as the sure. not like the bad bad guy villain, but I like him as. You know the dickhead villain, the mm. you know, the, the selfish guy who's kind of more in for himself and likes to cause shit. But like, isn't that Loki? I thought that was Loki. Well, not yeah, but this is a much more heroic sort of. You know, mm. I'm here to save the day, Loki, and it's like, oh, okay, is he really? Okay, yeah, that's what it feels like. That's a twist that I don't necessarily welcome. You know, 
Mm. Yeah, anyway, well, we'll see. Apparently there was a bit of a Doctor Who sort of vibe to it, some people were saying. Well, I suppose technically anything that's got to do with timey-wimey stuff is going to feel like Doctor Who. Mm. Wow. And and we've got a comment here possibly from um, from Michael Kellersham saying, bunch of losers making this sad. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I love his commentary. He's so, geez, he's so bleak. He's bleaker than you, Rich, even. Um, Gal Gadot is rumoured to be in talks with James Gunn and Saffron for a third Wonder Woman movie. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I kind of feel like, again, just do away with it. You missed the boat. Um, mm. Like, I think they abs- they rushed far too quickly to go from World War One to the 80s. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would have... Uh, to me, the smart thing would have been mm. to make... Another World War movie, World War Two. Yeah, and then you could have introduced some Justice Society characters. Yeah, and considering that, like, she certainly was around in World War Two and has fought lots of Nazis, and they've used that story before, so why not? You know, yeah. Because then you could have it like, okay, World War One. She was still optimistic about the human race. You know what mm. I mean? Like, the you know, men aren't bad. And then maybe even you could, you know, after World War Two, and then kind of like Vietnam and all that, then you could have a kind of say, you know what, I, I just, I don't, you know, I'm starting to, you know, and, th- and that could explain her disappearance for a while or her, or her isolation is that, you know, she's gone through two world wars, mm. you know, Vietnam, all this sort of crap. She's just kind of like jaded and disillusioned with me- uh, the world of man. Sure. Um, but yeah, I just think they, oh, just rushing from World War One mm. to, to the 80s, I just, uh I think they just again they fucked it up again. They rushed. Mm. DC, the Warner Brothers slash DC's biggest fucking problem with these movies is they are rushing to get to the finish line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, man. I mean, let's face it. Like, I don't have huge hopes for a third Wonder Woman movie. You know, I, I think it's a great character. I like her, but Patty Jenkins, they bungled the second one. You know, they bungled the second one. Even though I enjoyed it, I know everyone hated it, so it's like, okay, I understand. I was in the minority who enjoyed it. It's a pretty thin story. You know, I will say that. It's a pretty thin little story in, in uh, Wonder Woman 2. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that's a it's a it's a downgrade from the, yeah. the, the threat or the, the feeling of the first movie. I think they're scared of Nazis, though, Rich, which is probably why they didn't do World War Two. You know, they're scared of Nazis. Oh, then now. that's their fault for being cowards, so... Yeah, they are cowards. But they are cowards. We know that. We know these corporate monoliths are essentially cowards who who just... They, 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 they don't want real controversy. They don't want Wonder Woman coming in and tearing down concentration camps, that kind of stuff. It just doesn't play well to their audiences and their shareholders and stuff. You know, it just... There's just something about them that wants to steer clear of that kind of stuff. You know? And, um, you know, we're the poorer for it, frankly. We're the poorer for it. But that's just the cowardice of, of corporate culture, basically. As I said, I, what, what a great opportunity to introduce the Justice Society. Like, would have been, would know, been fantastic. Would have been fantastic. And you could have done so many cool stories. But they didn't even think of doing that, Rich. You know what I mean? That was the furthest thing from their minds. They want to go to the 80s. They want it. Everyone loves the 80s. It's almost where you go where you've run out of ideas. You know? Um, yeah, because it, it's funny because you could have actually had her. You could have had more reason why she kind of knows the Flash. You know what I mean, and why she's been yeah. keeping tabs of heroes because she kind of knows their predecessors. You know what I mean? She knows the original Green Lantern and the original yeah. Flash and all that sort of stuff. Like that could have been cool, and that she was always just keeping tabs on 
the other heroes because of her friends, you know, her yeah. comrades that she made in, in World War II. I don't, I don't know. That would have been cool. <laughs> Can I just say, I, I guess the re- I'm not like, um, mm. when you say like I'm bleak, I'm not bleak. I think I'm just jaded in that it annoys me that even I feel like I can come up with better stories. Mm. And I'm not even a professional. You know what I mean? I don't get paid as a living mm. to write these fucking stories. But I just feel like whoever they got working just are not good ideas. Well, Wonder Woman 84 was a very, very thin little story. There wasn't much of a story there. There was the bare bones of a story. You know, mm. they, they didn't try very hard with the story there. They they kind of hoped it would fly on Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman and just it being 80s. That was basically what they had. You know, yep. um, they forgot to basically write a story. But anyway. Um, they forgot to have heart. Well, anything, just a decent script. But anyway, we have Joshua Williamson talking about G.I. Joe. I just want to bring out some comments. He's obviously doing the Cobra Commander comic, um, and I'm looking forward to that from Skybound. There's, a, there's an interview with him. When did your relationship with G.I. Joe begin? Were you a fan of the toys of the cartoon? Yeah, it was the cartoon. The original 80s cartoon. I watched VHS tapes of G.I. Joe. Blah, blah, blah. My friends and I would play the tapes. We'd play them over and over again. And, okay, so that answers that question. Um, then they're saying, how did you become involved with um, Skybound's upcoming comic? I started working with Skybound back in 2010, 2011. I've known the company for a long time. We had a relationship. Um, at one point, G.I. Joe just kept coming up during the conversation. We started talking about this before they had the license. So we, so we kept talking about it. And then when they finally said, okay, we're going to get the license, those conversations increased. So I had a lot of ideas what I wanted to do if I was ever in charge of G.I. Joe. And those thoughts really aligned with what Robert was thinking. Okay, good. Okay. Answers that question. Did you, Here's a great question. Did you read any of the Larry Hummer written comics in prepping for this? Or did you want a project totally fresh? Jesus Christ, I fucking hope he has read some of them. I've read them. Be- <laughs> I had read them before. I'm a fan of the property. Well, fuck you if you haven't. You're a fan of the property, you better have read some of those fucking comics. Back when Devil's Juice started up, they started making the Joe comics back then. They started doing those really awesome reprints of the Hammer stuff. So I was reading those that were coming out in that format. Then I read them whenever someone else would come around and do it, like IDW. I read those. They would relaunch and I'd read them again. So I read a lot of it. But when I actually got to work on this, I made a point to not actually read too much of it because I didn't want to mimic too much. However, I did go back and started looking at Larry Hummer because it's really good. Yeah. I I think that's some pretty shallow praise of Larry Hummer, personally. I you know what I mean? Like mm. I'm 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 not convinced by what Joshua Williamson said there. Uh, oh yeah, I loved it. Uh haven't read a lot of it. Uh tried not to read it, but I read some of it, it was really good. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Keep the party moving. Do you <laughs> And here we go. Here's a fucking clue that this guy fucking barely knows his G.I. Joe. Do you have a favourite G.I. Joe character or a top three? Well, obviously Snake Eyes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and I really like Clutch a lot. <sighs> you really like Snake Eyes and Clutch? What? Yeah. I'm not convinced by this shit. I really like Major Blood, misspelled here in the in that that could be the person who's transcribing yeah, it. Could be, yeah. Even though I like Cobra Commander Destro, I like Tomax and Zaymont. Okay, I have a lot of Cobra characters, but I really like Rock and Roll. I really like Stalker. Uh, some of this other stuff, I'm like, okay. I think he's watched a lot of the cartoon, actually. Mm. I get the impression that he's a cartoon guy. 
Eh, it's not the end of the world. Uh, Joshua Williamson has done some decent stuff. I'm, I'm more than willing to give. Like, in fairness, he's probably one of my out of a very poor crop. He's the best of not the maybe not the best, but maybe the second best of a bad bunch. You know, um, there's some very poor writers around. Rich, you get a lot of work. Like, thank fucking god, it's not Tom King. You know, mm. can you imagine? Oh, Tom King, he's gonna give all the JoJo's um, post traumatic stress, Rich. <laughs> oh dear! Duke's gonna have post traumatic stress, and so Scarlet, oh, oh, and so Snake Eyes, and, and so is fucking everyone. Spirit, everyone. The spirit's fucking bird. Freedom's gonna have it. <laughs> Timber's gonna have it. Everyone's gonna have it. Cobra Commander's gonna have it. You get to have it, and you. <laughs> yeah, everyone gets it. Cobra Joe's. Everyone's got post traumatic stress. Oh great! It's the and guess what, Rich? It's depressing. Yeah, it's slow. <laughs> it's a slow. It's a slow burn. <laughs> Forget about action, Rich. That's off the. That's off the agenda now. You know. No. Oh, yeah. So. Can't uh, have action, can we? At least it's not Tom fucking King. That's 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 the oh. most. <laughs> oh my god! I yeah I. I would just absolutely dread a Tom. No, King. I would slam the fuck out of if it was. I would devote half an hour per show to fucking lambasting it. Like, as is... But Joshua, you know what? I'm, yeah. I'm tempted to... I'd love to see it just to see how right... Do you know That'd what I mean? Like, terrible. there's a part of me that'd be like, I just want to see it to just know how right... We would be. I, I would be. Yeah. <laughs> and how bad it would be. Well, it's... it. Remember when he did um, Batman and Catwoman and just the Bat-Cat shit? Like, God, I was like, oh, Lord, this is... This was tied... On the second issue, when you did this, now we're now we're thirty issues deep, forty issues, fifty issues, and you're still doing this. Like it wasn't that good to start out with, you know. Uh, yeah, very poor writer, Tom King. Unfortunately, very poor. A couple of good things, but mostly shit. Um, Joshua Williamson, I will say, I have liked some stuff. I've certainly not enjoyed some stuff, but overall. I, I think he's he's decent. I'll put it that way. He's a, he's he's quite a solid writer. I, I he sounds like he's more of a cartoon guy. That's not a bad thing. I mean, you know, that, that's okay. If you if you love the cartoon of Joe Joe, that's not a bad place to start. If you if you're writing the comic with a fresh take, you know what I mean? Because it has the basic building blocks of the characters anyway. So Yo Joe, and you've kind of got it. Um. If you want a better, deeper experience, go to Larry Hummer. You know, mm. <laughs> I mean, seriously. If you want someone who knows where all the fucking bodies are buried, Rich, you know, and knows all the fucking twists and the turns, go to Larry. If you want a guy whose favourite is Snake Eyes and Clutch, um, it's an odd pairing. Um, Clutch, like I'm like Clutch. Okay, he's cool, I guess, but favourite? I've never heard anyone say their favourite's Clutch. He's a, he's a, what is Oh, now you have. Yeah, but what does Clutch even do? Like, other than he drives the car right at the start. Like, he drives around a bit. He's a bit of a motorhead, I guess. He's not that bad, but I've just not heard Clutch mentioned in a while. You know, if you said Tunnel Rat, Destro, Baroness, you know, he's, yeah, he's one of the motor vehicle drivers from 82. I, I, I think what he's doing is he's, Probably smartly, he's 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 got his. He, he's probably taking fucking um, what do you call it? Like notes from Hasbro. When they ask you who your favourites are, go with the eighty two team. 
stick to 82. So the old school fans are like, okay, this guy knows his 82 team. You know? Um, I don't know. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. Especially when he was like, oh, yeah, I really like Larry Hammer stuff. I haven't read a lot of it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, I, haven't you now? Yeah, and I, I'm just like, ooh, wrong comment. If we had a little buzzer, we could give him a little zap for that comment, you know? Maybe go, <laughs> maybe go back. We'll read, learn a few fucking lessons before you, before you turn up again and tell us Clutch is your favourite. I'm just reviewing Clutch. Clutch is a vehicle driver. That's what he does. He just basically drives a Jeep oh, around. Is he? His name's Clutch, bro. Come on. He drives the Jeep around. Yeah. <laughs> he's okay. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't mind him. He's, he's all right. He's got a bit of attitude on him, especially early. Anyway, that's Joshua Williamson. Um, he's kind of gone down the peg in my books after those comments, but anyway, we'll see. This was funny. The Witcher producer, um, you know, Witcher, they had the Henry Cavill left and he was annoyed with the scripts. The Witcher producer blames Americans and impatient young people for the Netflix show Simplified Plot. Basically, he was he was um, saying that Americans couldn't understand complicated TV plots. <laughs> And um, do you like insulting the uh, yeah American audience? He, he was yeah really, and he was just saying because of that he'd had a show where they tried to do a, a war show where they tried to do different points of view from different countries inside World War Two. Like it was Russia v Germany, but there was a lot of Hungarians and Polish on both sides of the conflict. And he said the the sort of um, how can I say. The multi-layered approach it just didn't play well, and that turned him off it. And he thinks Americans think very binary, like it's good or evil kind of thing. And anyway, so I mean, look, there's probably some truth to those comments in general when it comes to mass audiences. I'm not targeting American audiences. I'm saying, you know, uh, a lot, you know, I don't know. I disagree. I mean, that doesn't explain Game of Thrones success or true, true. Breaking Bad or Sopranos. Wire Shield. I, yeah, I mean, I think American audience love fucking nuanced yeah, and true, dark true. characters and. True. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I think it's bullshit that he's just talking about. It. He's singling out the American audience, like you know, oh god, they're so fucking stupid. Like, you, you know, like, you know, like it's like, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm also not sure that's the best way to convince people to watch your show either. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like, oh yeah, we we fucking dumbed it right down for all the dummies. Come watch it now. <laughs> you know, like Jesus Christ, you stupid, you stupid Yanks. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's just a weird promotional bit as well. Like you know, we all like to be really high for looting over here in Poland, but like you dumb Americans, you know, we really, we really butchered these books just for you. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just funny. Um, this was, this was kind of amusing. Where are you on Funko Pops, Rich? Are you for them or against them? Oh, I hate them. Yeah, okay. Well, then, we've got a news item here. In another big win for the human race, Funko announced it'll be laying off up to 200 employees in a cost-cutting effort. Uh, this implies the company may be on the ropes and a knockout punch is nigh. Get ready for a Funko Pop bonfire. Um, I certainly think the craze has peaked and crested and is declining. Would you agree, Rich? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I Look, I take my hat off to them. Yeah. Um that they fooled so many people and made money at the start. But mm. talk about taking like one fucking mold mm. and just working what you can. You know what I mean? It's like copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're not even standing in different poses or mm. doing anything. Like, oh, it's, it was literally the, 
McDonald's of like pop culture mm. collecting. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, fuck, it probably even worse than McDonald's. Like, I hated just how mass produced they were and just low quality. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. 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 I always saw them as the, um, you know, the way they say the, the, the fake geek girl. Mm. It's just the fake geek uh, collector's item. Yeah, I, had, I had a few. Item. I had about four. But I think some people at the start got into it mm. and enjoyed it, but I'm saying it became this like. Yeah. I feel like if you were new to a um a property or a franchise or an IP, that was like your cheap way of going like, yeah, I love these characters. Look, I've got the Funko Pops. It's like, come on. Yeah. Oh, I just got my Bastila Sean um figure. Yeah, uh, who, explain who that is, actually. So that's that's a Jedi from um, Knights of the Old Republic. Mm. Um, and anyway, um, so uh, I, I pre-ordered it like I feel like a year ago, and it's this pretty big statue, and it's her like sort of jumping through the air, and she's just sliced like a droid in half, mm. um, and it's like half falling and stuff and all that, and it's pretty big. Like I mean, it's like uh, probably like the size of my chest, like in terms of height and all that. And, you know, that to me is what you buy. <laughs> yeah. You know, sorry, in my biased opinion, that's the stuff you buy if you're a fan of something, not Funko Pops. I'm sorry. Like, mm. no, look, I didn't mind, like, if you collect the stuff like we do and you get Funko Pops, but some people only collected Funko Pops. Mm. Like, that was it. And I was just like, no, that's lame. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I don't know. I, I mean, I love my Marvel Legends, and we've all got our own little things i don't begrudge Marvel Legends are way better because at least they replicate old toys yeah i mean i don't begrudge anyone who gets into any of these collectibles everyone has got their own no I, I begrudge funko pops <laughs> i do it's the only one i do i don't care anything else yeah you can collect little figurines pocket-sized ones i don't give a shit like as long as it's actually mm. good quality mm. um and not just a funko pop like sure I, i'm sorry i draw the line of funko pop i i am with yeah, you. I, I find them a bit lame funko pop yeah, fair enough. Well, I'm looking here that they had some inventory issues. They had to throw some stuff in landfill. It sounds like, you know, over $30 million worth of Funko Pops are being dumped. That was back in March. Uh, so, yeah, there does definitely seem to be um, a decline in the buying, you know. Um, yeah, anyway, we'll see what happens. Um, everything has its time in the sun, though. You know, they had a pretty... Well, pretty... They, they, they dug their own grave. Just because they mass produced the shit, yeah. Like, yeah. But they made a huge fortune though, Rich, as well. So at the start, yes. But mm. the problem is, you keep chasing that, yeah. And so you just take on more and more and more, yeah. Um, but then you, like I said, then you just become this. Oh, um, I can't collect. I've got more. a space I'm marine. I've got them. a. I've got a space marine. I've got a Lobo. Of course, I've got a Lobo, which I love. My Lobo actually. <laughs> um, and I think I've got a Deadpool. And I think Michelle's mum bought me Finn from Star Wars um, as well. So okay. there's four, you know, four. But, but you know, but like the Deadpool was in a robe, which I kind of liked. I mean, I just bought it for a laugh. It was it was very cheap. Um, but I certainly was never, ever, ever, ever going to get... Because I, I agree with you. I, I, I think that they're kind of crap, you know, personally. Um uh, I, I think one or two is good for a laugh. That's about it, you know? Whereas my Marvel Legends, I enjoy building the families and stuff, you know? That's my X-Men family and my Spider-Man family, and they have little get-togethers and my Wolverine, <laughs> you know, my Wolverine shelf and stuff, where, you know, and he, he kind of 
mediates between the two families and stuff like that, you know, and all the different versions of him and everything. So I've got my little families going, you know. Um, it's been like Barbies, basically. <laughs> it's very close. Um, yeah, but anyway, we'll see what happens, man. Um, now, this is funny. I think Michael Keller should put this in. In a big loss for the human race, Barbie has grossed over $800 million worldwide in a week and a half. Uh, Oppenheimer has made over $400 million in the same amount of time. Um, and we do know that Mission Impossible, it, it didn't do as well as the other Mission Impossibles. It's made money, but not as much. Um, Disney's Haunted Mansion remake come, came in third for the weekend with only $24 million. The Eddie Murphy version, which I had forgotten about, made $24 million in its opening weekend back in 2003. I'm pretty confident the Eddie Murphy version was considered a bomb at the time. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, probably was, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't even know there was another Haunted Mansion movie out. That's how little I knew about that. Now, I actually like Barbie, and um, my sister was a huge Barbie fan, so I'm pleased to see Barbie's doing well. I know Michael probably feels differently, but what's the harm in Barbie doing well? Like, God, give them something, you know, she deserves it, I almost think. Like, actually, she... you know what I find funny? Mm. What? Barbie will be Warner Brothers' first billion-dollar movie, not any of the DC movies. Yeah, well, I'm not that surprised. Like, I, I honestly would have put... When I say billion, I think I mean, like, a billion in, like, the states or something like that. Yeah, and because I know Aquaman did, but I think that's overseas money. Yeah, right. Well, I I think um, Barbie was always primed to do well. I'm not I'm not surprised at all that Barbie's doing well. I I'm, oh, yeah, yeah. I, oh look, I don't give a shit. Like anyone, I mean. Well, I was like, and you know, Michael. I mean, I know Michael's pissed about it, but what's the fucking problem? Like for people who don't like Barbie and don't want to see it, which is a lot of guys, you know, let's face it. Like, let's let's be yeah. fucking g- general here. Who cares? Like, don't go, don't, don't see it. Like, it's for girls. It's for the massive girl and teen and under teen audience that has supported Barbie since God knows when. I don't know, since when? Since when, the 60s? You know, something like that. And I, I think she deserves a time in the sun. Frankly, as my sister was a massive Barbie fan, um, she's gone and seen it. And I think she loved it. So I don't know. I don't. I don't see the negative personally. I, I, I think um, everyone deserves something, and Barbie has more than paid her dues. You know, and she's got a massive audience. And this just shows. You know what this shows me? This shows me an IP that they haven't mined to death in. Movies. I know there's been Barbie cartoons. Well, not for, not for adults. Yes, this movie is gen- definitely made for adults. Like, yes, kids can enjoy it, but let's be honest, it's made for the older woman who grew up playing Barbie. Like playing oh, Barbie. and a lot of teenagers too. Teenage audiences, like you know, like uh, let's yeah, face it, it's not meant for the kids, Dave. It's people who have grown out sure. of Barbie and sure. like that nostalgia sure. sort of hit of like. You remember Barbie kind of thing and all that. Like, that's what it's made for. Again, not to say that the kids and mm. the young girls can't watch it, but let's be honest, it's made for the people who remember Barbie and not who are currently yeah. playing with Barbie. You don't reckon? See, I reckon it's made for all of them. I, I, no, it's definitely made for the older people. I was, down, I was down at the cinema, and let me tell you, I have not seen a cinema as packed as that in, in many a year. And it was all and, Barbie, all Barbie, all in pink, all ages, from older ladies to like twenty somethings, um, uh, older teens, younger girls, like you know, who you would literally think of as playing with Barbie, you know, I, like cross section. I'm telling you, like, 
lot of like uh, trending younger, but definitely with some of what you're saying, older. Obviously, a lot of mums as well um, with their kids. Like I'm telling you, I, I had not seen a cinema that packed in in a, absolutely ages since you know what? Since I reckon uh, the Star Wars prequels. Seriously, you know, and and maybe probably some of the Marvel stuff. Like it was really packed, is what I'm trying to say. And I don't know. I was just I, I saw that crowd and thought this movie is making serious money and everywhere i looked online all i saw was just barbie excitement and i don't know i'm just like god bless them and i get it like a lot of guys are just like what the fuck i understand it like i get it it's not for you you know that's fine um you know so what like <laughs> you know so what don't see it like all the all the girls are gonna go see it that's fine um you know so i don't know i i don't understand the pushback I get that there is pushback, but, like, when they're, like, people are... Like, this is the other thing I'll say. And I'll say this having a sister who is a huge Barbie fan. People were surprised it has a feminine feminist message. Like, that has been a massive part of Barbie since, like, at least the 80s. Like, they've always spun out heavily about Barbie having a career and stuff and being kind of like a... You know, like I'm telling you, they not, have not, not a career, Dave. Every I mean, career, every career. No, but I'm, what I'm saying is, what I'm trying to say is, it's not surprising. It might be surprising. Look, it might be surprising if you knew nothing about Barbie, uh, you know, and just knew the basics. But having grown up with my sister who is obsessed, I wasn't surprised at all. I was like that sort of, especially these days where they want to be self-referential and break the fourth wall and blah blah blah. Um, yeah. Oh, look, I'm, I'm happy it's doing well, frankly, because I, I think she, I think she deserves it. I think as a as a character, the, you know, she held up toy lines, you know, for many a year. I mean, Barbie's been a consistent seller for. Has Barbie ever really gone out of fashion since like the seventies? I don't think so. I don't think there's ever really been a decline in Barbie. I think she's been pretty consistent. Um, she's on an upswing right now, but I I, I don't think Barbie's. You know how a lot of toy lines go up and down, like even your Master Universe, even Transformers, they boomed, and then there was like, especially uh, Master Universe, there was a decline, they came back. Like, Barbie's, to me, has always been there, you know? Would you agree, Rich? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, something that obviously I've not thought about since uh, I was a kid and my sisters mm. yeah. had Barbies, but certainly I've not given Barbie any <laughs> thought in my adult life. <laughs> Barbie and the Rockers. I just remember my sister was just obsessed with it. Like, she had the car, the Barbie and the Rockers cartoon. We used to watch the cartoon because it was on the Saturday morning cartoons after, like, He-Man and stuff. So, anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for it. I know I know some people are upset, but I, I'm happy. Um, yeah, no, this, this final comment about Captain America. Um, so, it is a this, – this thing with the werewolf it is a comic book series, Rich, or is it a cartoon, like an animated Maybe. movie? Oh, okay. I was hoping it might be an animated movie or something. That'd be cool. Um, no, no okay. such luck. Yeah, no such luck, Dave. Try again. Uh, Invincible season two, Rich. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I saw the trailer. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. Did you watch the Adam Eve special? Yeah, I did. Uh, Any good? Obviously, not even worth watching. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I, I used to quite like the character in the comics. But, uh... No, this 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 was basically. I I I'll be honest with you. I don't know if Kirkman was forced to do this because right. obviously, um, 
in in the Invincible, there isn't really a um, a main female character. Like Eve is kind of like his wife and his girlfriend, but you know it's mainly centered around Mark. Right. And, and in fact, this origin that they've given her, I'll be on okay. Now I'll be honest with you, I haven't read Invincible, even though I own it all. I haven't read it in a few years. Uh. I don't remember this being her backstory. I think they've completely given her a new backstory, given her this focus because they're like. Come on, uh, uh, Kirkman, it's 2023. She had, like, an abusive father or something from memory, didn't she? Not an abusive father. Her parents just hated her being a a superhero. Oh, okay. Um, But this one, they do actually make them abusive and adopted as well. Right. On top of that, apparently she's some experiment that, you know, was swapped with a dead baby and all that sort of crap. And I'm like, yeah, I definitely don't remember this from the fucking comic. Um, Uh. But it, but when it said written by, it said a woman's name and then Kirkman, and I was like, right. oh, okay, so Kirkman didn't really write this. Let's be honest, um, right. this this was written by someone else. Well, I don't know. I mean, I I enjoyed that character in the comics. I thought she was a decent character in the comics. And she was decent until she became a cheating wine little bitch. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, Rich. Rich is not. Rich hasn't been given. Dude, every time it got to the point where every time Mark disappeared, she'd bang. trapped on another planet or another realm, she's banging someone else. Like, sure. oh well, I didn't know if you're coming back again. Like, it's like, Jesus Christ! At least Mark's mother stayed fucking faithful right. to to Omni Man when he disappeared for like fucking months but, or a but, year. But, or but, he, but he was knocking boots with like the post. No, he's like, no, but I need I need that coochie hit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That is too funny, Richard. Um, well, okay, so that's the view of the Adam Eve Invincible special. Good animation, though. I'll say this: this this show, yeah, yeah, is, is at least giving me, like, yeah, this is what Western animation should be. <laughs> I agree. No, I agree. I thought that too. Watching the original Invincible, I was like, yeah, this is what I expect from the animated material. Like, this is the level I expect. I don't feel like it's it's reaching for the stars. I feel like it should be quite doable. You know. Oh, yeah. Okay, well... For sure. Two forces waging endless war Every day they waste more But when the day is done And they go home What do they do for fun? Night falls on G.I. Joe headquarters Shipwreck just got season one of the Wonder Years Doc is reading Dostoevsky It's no jobs drinking beer I heard he likes to drink quite a bit Snake Eyes is painting landscapes It makes him feel at peace His latest is a series Sunsets on the beach And Scarlet lies awake and wonders Will Duke still love me when I'm old? I see the way He looks at Lady J Someday he's gonna leave me In the cold Night falls on the Cobra Terror Drone. 
Storm shadows taking out the trash Tomax's boosting Zamot's wallet He needs the extra cash Cobra Commander loves 70's boogie a big fan of three dog night one is the loneliest number when he takes over the world the first thing he'll do is make him reunite and Zartan sits up late and wonders I wonder wonder And in the end, do I really have any friends? Love me for being Zartan. Love me for being me. Destro, Destro and the Baroness, Destro and the Baroness, practicing the clarinet. Destro and the Baroness, practicing the clarinet, practicing the clarinet, practicing the clarinet. Jogging on his ham radio His best friend is some guy He doesn't even know If things could always be this way Wouldn't that be nice? But no dice Cobra's got the master vice Alright, Weekly Comics Rich, first up we had a three-parter, a Planet of the Apes 2 to 4. Um, we, did pl- we did Planet of the Apes 1, and it was with Ray in the comic book store the other day, and he pulled off like all these extra Planet of the Apes um, books off the shelf, and I was like, man, I didn't realise they were up to four, so I sort of said, let's do 2 to 4. I found them all quite decent um strangely undramatic and sort of like very removed like i i really felt like i was almost looking at a storyboard or something like uh, i didn't feel part of the story weirdly like i just felt it was it was it was very detached like i didn't i didn't feel anything for the characters the humans it just all seemed i don't know strangely sort of muted Good art. I thought the art was good, um, but it didn't grab me. I, I I don't know. Also, it just felt like though it was almost paint by numbers storytelling. Like it was very sort of like, you know, the the humans are declining, the apes are taking over. We've got to use the apes to fight the the terrorist group that supposedly is like taking over the whole world. Like this terrorist group, like just really successfully just beating all the nations, which just I don't know. I just. I had my critique about the storytelling itself. What did you think, Rich? Um, uh, I, yeah, I thought it was a... So far, it's a completely unnecessary comic. Um, it is super dull and boring. <laughs> um, two, I don't know if the writer meant this, but oh. um, I'm cheering the humans, man. Uh, kill all those apes. Like, seriously, kill them all, burn the bodies... 
experimenting them to find the cure. I, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I don't know if he's just doing a very bad job of painting them as the bad humans. But these humans, like all of them have lost their family, their friends mm. to this simian plague. And yes, in their eyes, the government is protecting the apes mm. um, and not really doing a damn thing. I mean, literally humans are dying by the millions. Sure. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know if, if they meant for me to, to to feel that way, but I'm like, yeah, go humans. I'm pretty confident okay. they didn't mean for you to feel that way, Rich. Um, Put them down. Put those dirty apes down. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I, I just felt like no one really... It, there was no one to root for it. It almost it reminded me of a very dry historical account where you're just like it, there's not much narrative. Um, I uh, just the, yeah. You know. the, the problem is is I think they just want people to automatically see them as like the the alt right or the Trump you know oh yeah support. Um, which you know which is why I don't think they like. I'm sorry, but I feel like the other human characters, the ones that are sort of trying to protect the apes or find mm. the cure from them, I kind of feel like they should be kind of saying look it's not their fault you know like you know people are dying they're scared mm. Mm. right and and yes they see us suspecting the apes but they don't understand we're trying to find a cure and all that like be nuanced about it but literally you just got the apes go like bad man come kill the bad men yeah yeah, yeah. Why, why are they bad because they want to protect the human race they might be wrong mm. but i'm sorry in, in a situation like this where um, I mean, there's even one scene where the guy literally packs up his two kids and his wife, mm. you know, it, it wraps him up and has to fucking uh, uh, queue up in, in the car to go dump their bodies yeah. in like a fire pit. I'm sorry, you telling me you want me to see them as the bad guys just because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they don't know what to do and they're reacting. Well, they're doing the terrorists as just the flat out bad guys, you know. Um... But as I said, it's so weird because I'm sorry, but then you've just not like if you want to say that they're unreasonable mm. and like uh, things have been explained to them uh, and whatever but they don't really again in this book i don't feel like they are the bad humans as as the book uh, as the other characters mm. yeah saying, look I, like, I, I think i feel the pain bro i think the storytelling itself is probably a little bit deficient you know like it's this... very one-dimensional it's yeah very it, Definitely, yeah. the, the the person might have lofty goals, but they definitely don't have the skill or the talent to to weave. It's to weave that what I would describe as uh, uh, very basic. It's it's very basic storytelling. The, the art helps the book a lot. I think if this book had bad art, it would be close to unreadable. You know, I think the artwork in this book is actually by far the strongest thing. Um, I think he's trying to go a bit cinematic, a lot of big splash pages and stuff, but I feel the book... You know what it lost me? In the first, second issue, so the first one we read today, the second issue, there's a part where someone gets a command over the telephone and we're told the command on the telephone and then he recites the command to, yeah. an, to an underling. And I thought to myself, that's such a bad use of comic book page. You know, mm -hmm. you've already told us we don't need to have the scene with you telling someone else. Like, that struck me as a really amateur mistake. Um, and I really picked up on it and it, it really annoyed me. I was like, man, what? that's just really bad comic book storytelling there. Just 101. Um, that was a personal gripe. Uh, yeah, I can't say I'm too thrilled. Ugh, I'd give it a 5.5 .5 out of 10. I've probably been generous. 
fight, yeah, I mean, look, the art's pretty good, actually. The person they've got uh, mm. doesn't do humans very well, but actually does the apes and the gorillas mm. uh, pretty well. So definitely art is the best thing about this book. Mm. Uh, but I'd say five is probably about right. It's very middle of the road. Like, yeah, um, certainly nothing that's going to make you want to keep reading. Like, it, it ain't no yeah. page turn or cliffhanger oh. or... Or anything like that. I, as I said, if if you if you didn't make us read the three issues, I would have definitely stopped. Like, no, well, I, I I sort of felt like giving it a chance because we were so uh, disappointed with the first one, and I, I I gave Ray a very negative review of the first one, but I I sort of felt like we owed it to the first one. Remember, recapped the original movies poorly, not the original, the the, the remade movies, you know, the reboot. Mm. Um, Somewhat poorly, frankly, too. It, 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 it encapsulated them, which I felt was really unnecessary. And um, this at least goes its own way. But I had a lot of problems just with the fact that this terrorist had been everyone everywhere at once and had, like, people, the military on the back foot and stuff. Like, like honestly, uh, if you got to a situation where the military was uh, holed up in their bunker defending against terrorists, they would have released nukes, you know? I'm telling you, if the if the U.S. military was literally in a situation where inside of the America they were under attack, consistently under, like beleaguered, cut off, they would have launched the nukes. I'm telling you that would have happened. There's no way that wouldn't have gone nuclear by that point. You know, um, you could argue that that would be even worse. But I, but seriously, I I I sort of refuse to believe that a single terrorist cell could actually defeat the United States military, like, long-term. I'm not talking about a surprise attack. I mean, the, the, in this book, they'd beaten everywhere everywhere at once. I was like, what, how, what the fuck? Like, some t- little terrorist group has launched a global revolution and has every country massively on the back foot all at once with no pushback? Am I crazy, Rich? That just seems absurd to me. I think you might have dropped out again, Rich. You there? There you go. Sorry. Yeah. You were talking again, just went dead. But the time I might, it didn't drop out, it just went dead. Okay. I was just saying, I refuse to believe that one single terrorist cell has every Western country on the back foot to that point where they're like in bunkers, you know? Oh, not just Western, they've got the entire world. Europe yeah. has fallen. Uh, South America is falling, I think. Like, yeah, this terrorism... It's this, bullshit, it's just man. one terrorist and they are working together. Yeah. And, and, oh, look, and, uh, look I, I'm not saying there wouldn't be, like, revolution, but just when, when they said that the US guys were just bunkered down in Washington and couldn't do anything, I was like, well, they would have released nukes, you know? Like... Uh, well, they couldn't do that because they have to protect the apes because they, you know, they need them. They could have protect the apes. Um, yeah, no... The more I think about it, the more annoyed I'm getting. I'm downgrading my score to a five, uh, and you're giving it a five to one. Give it a five. Yeah, okay. Uh, then we had Magneto, um, one, by James DeMatteis. I mean, for me, this is a breath of fresh air. I, I stupidly thought that this was going to be taking place in the current X-Men universe and was quite relieved to find that it took place in the mid-'80s X-Men universe when Magneto was headmaster for a while. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's really just a kind of, like, episode with Magneto kind of like wandering through the Rose Garden, reflecting on things, and then he gets attacked by this crazy bitch, 
who I thought was his daughter for a second, but it's not. She's like the evil queen or something. Um, yeah, I mean, I look, I liked it, man. I, I don't know what to say other than it's enjoyable. And, and it was, I like these kind of throwback episodes to prior moments in Marvel that aren't just the dawn of Marvel. I think it's more interesting now that we're doing like the 80s, the 90s. Um, it's a really cool time when Magneto was briefly headmaster when I think Xavier had either died or disappeared or something. And, yeah, James DiMatteis doesn't let the side down. Um, Magneto's kind of tortured um, character. And, yeah, very enjoyable. What did you think, Rich? Yeah, uh, you know what? This actually finally is some good synergy because I think um, the omnibus for this actually just came out recently. Um, mm-hmm. The one where Magneto's in the purple and white costume and he's taken over. I, I just bought it. Released. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that that's fairly new. So it's good timing that they kind of... Uh, I agree with you. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a fresher breath there. It's definitely a fresh of nostalgic air. And reading it certainly makes you um, wish that this was still the current X-Men instead of the fucking <laughs> shit that is the X-Men now. Very true, Richard. Um, so in a way, it's like it's fun and it's enjoyable, but it's also kind of, again, it's, it's almost like sad where you're like, good God, like this is what it used to be. Yeah, um, exactly. You know what I mean? And I, I thought you would like, um, what's the crazy yellow guy? Is that Warlock? Yeah. Yeah, it was a nutty character. Friend self? Yeah. Very, very yeah. strange character. But um, no, it was really enjoyable. And Todd, uh, I don't know how to say his last name. Todd Nuck. Yeah. Nuck. Yeah. Uh, always got an interesting, very art style. Everyone, it's got a very youthful uh, look to them. Um, but you know, solid work. Um, he just recently, I think, he was working with DC with Jeff Johns on the um, the Stargirl. Okay. Um, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well that was pretty Stargirl, strong. Whatever. Look. Um, yeah. No, look, thoroughly enjoyable. I really enjoyed it. Great art, great story. JM, you know, on fire as per usual and probably should be writing X-Men instead of the character. I'd love to see it. I I would love to see it, seriously. Like, you know, like, why not? That'd be great. Have a guess. You know what's so so sad, like, is I I almost like... So you know how we were talking about that... um, What's your name? That that, uh, Eric July guy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. isn't it sad how back in the day, if someone was successful as him, mm. right, launched a, a book and it fucking sold, what, he made $3 million or something mm. like that, or $4 million, whatever. What company, DC or Marvel, in their right minds wouldn't be like, hey, you want a job? Mm. Like, we, we'd like to cash in on your success there. You know, we'd like your name attached to to us. You want to write an X-Men book or you write, you know what I mean? You want to mm. write a... Just League book or something like that. Like, I'm not saying he's uber talented. I'm just saying it's weird to me that we live in a world where someone is showing they're successful and has a product mm. that people want, and they are not jumping to get that person. Neither of the big two mm. is jumping to say, "Hey, we got to get that name recognition. Bring all those customers back to us, man." You know what I mean? So, like, I'm just saying. I'm not saying that they that he should take the. I'm just saying it's it's baffling to me mm. that. We live in a world in an age now where the political message is far more important than actually making money. Huh. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. Isn't that because they view him as I don't? I don't even know much. Well, that's the, the funny thing. They... He's a young black guy too. Yeah, I know. 
True. Is he not literally the dream you're talking about? Like, <laughs> the you dream. know what I mean? I had a dream. No, you know, <laughs> black people should not be held back by white people and be successful and be able sure. to make. Well, he's doing that. So why do you hate him? Like, I don't understand. Well, don't he, know, he's saying, not. He's not. So he ticks some boxes, Rich, but he's not, obviously not ticking the extreme left PC box but they'd like why, to. I'm sorry, but as a business, you should only be about making money. Yeah. Well, three million. Okay. Uh, I, I, I. So I think if we're being generous, right? I think yeah. I was looking at some of the trade numbers mm. recently, and even if I took it that all the trades that DC uh, uh, DC sold, mm. right? Even if I gave them at full cover price, I think it comes to something like $9 million. Right. Right? Uh, now, I think this was for like, it is for about like, say, a month or two months or something like that. Like, uh, And by the way, most of them was Batman trades, by the way. Sure. <laughs> but I thought to myself, that's across all your books. Mm. All your trades, you made $9 million. Eric July didn't even release a trade, released a oversized number one issue. Mm-hmm. And made between three and four million dollars. That's literally half your money, mm. with with no big name recognition, right? No big name character, no Batman, no Superman, mm. no Wonder Woman. What are you guys doing wrong? And also, then why are you not approaching these people who clearly have a fan base, mm. um, and 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 can bring you more money? Um, you know what I mean? Because yeah, you can still do his own thing. You can say, hey, man, of course, you do your own thing, you know, whatever. Uh, but you know, you want a you want a year contract, you know, we'd like to put you on a book. You know, bring some of those fans our way. Yeah. I don't know. It's baffling to me where that money, that to me, that's money that you're leaving on the table by just not giving, offering him a job or, 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 or a book to do. Oh, I agree. They should, they should do it. But, you know, I mean, we, we've said it so many times, Rich. They, they don't know what they're doing. You know? They, yeah, they, I, I, they used to. That's what I find so baffling. I think like, the market's fragmented. I think they're running scared. They're, they're scared of controversy. Like, but you are right. Like that guy's a success story. I don't know much at all about that guy, other than he's a success story. So to me, you know, well, as you say, I mean, look at even. I'm sorry, but even look at the success that um, Chuck Dixon is having. Yeah, for I sure. I mean, he's going from right, oh, yeah. like from title to title. Chuck's busy, man. Chuck's, Chuck's super busy, dude. Like he's very fucking busy. Yeah, but that's what I'm. But that's my point. Like he's super yeah. busy. He's got fans. Good. But you're not inviting him to come and work on Superman or Batman. Oh, or, that's pure politics. That's pure politics. Like that's that, that's. But that's um, my point. Their politics yeah. is leaving money on the table. I, I just, yeah. you know, I'm always reminded of that, and I'm sure he didn't come up with a quote, but that, mm. you remember what um, um, uh, Michael Jordan said. Mm. Even Republicans buy shoes. Yeah. Oh well. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but yeah. as a business, you should just shut your mouth and make money. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree with you. Look, I think with Chuck as well, it's not just politics. It's wor- it's workplace politics as well. I think there's an element of that as well. You know, there was an element. Oh of- no, it's massive. No, it's massive, massive politics. That's literally the main. Yeah, there's it, it's and bullshit. Like it's bullshit. Ah, they just I don't know. They're, they're, I, I they're, just, they're, 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 they're clowns, by the way. As someone who's who's yeah. who's, who's pro capitalism, it just hurts my soul to see. Well, as I've said, not as I've said to Chuck as well, uh, offline and in um, interviews. I said, he's such an agreeable person. Like, you know what I mean? He's such a pleasant person to talk to. Like, you know, I'm sure he's got super strong opinions on stuff and good for him. But as a guy to chat to, super nice, super polite and and knowledgeable and and knows what he's doing, you know? Like, what's not to like, you know, in terms of if I was employing somebody to to write a comic, he'd be 
probably the first person I'd, I'd turn to, you know, easily. Because I, I, I look at the track record, I look at the skill set, blah, blah, blah. There's so many ticks, you know what I mean, that I don't need to mm. worry about that. I, he's fine, you know. Um, I don't know. There's just It's just craziness. But you know what? God bless these guys who have kind of been forced to go to other avenues, really, and mm. have succeeded. And that at least is a success story. Now, they've, God knows what's going on and how hard they've had to grind, you know, but, like, they've worked hard for that as well. So I'm very pleased to see that level of success, um, frankly. And, you know, I don't deny anyone that kind of success. And, you know, God bless them. And, and actually that um, Eric July, uh, his Ripperverse, Chuck's doing a comic with Joe Bennett, the Hulk artist. Um, I don't oh, know if, nice. Yeah, yeah, that's super recent. And so... It's been announced, and I said to Chuck, um, we'll definitely have him on when the crowdfunding comes up to talk about that because I was going to have Chuck on soon anyway. So um, we will definitely uh, go into that in depth along with a lot. Chuck's got a lot of stuff on his plate at the moment. Like He's he's busy, man, which is great. You know, I think he likes to be busy. So God bless him, and, and God bless all these guys who have to – and gals who have to grind because the fucking DC Marvel model – you know, which we know has so many flaws anyway, Richard. You know what I mean? Like, I was chatting to um, Phil over at Capes of Lunatics, and he was saying, like, a lot of these guys and, and girls, like, who are working for them, they have to pump out so much stuff, Rich, just to get, like, a living wage, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they're really, really working overtime to churn material out to get, like, probably le- probably a lot less than what we're on. You know, seriously. Like, think about that for a second. Like, you know, and it's like, wow, okay. So that's another side of it that I don't think about so much. But maybe maybe part of the reason for the lackluster product sometimes is because some people are having to churn out so much stuff, you know, just to sort of pay the rent. And Mm. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're thinning the sort of story pool because... Let's face it, the ultimate churn and burn guy was Bendis. And he 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 gave up on quality years ago, you know? He mm. he became, yeah, I can just get, I'll get the comic out. Like, that's not a problem. I'll get it out. Will it be good? No, not really. <laughs> but but I will get it out. And so he, he, he consciously uh, diluted his quality but kept his content going and, and has had a very successful career. I mean, love him, I hate him, and I, I particularly like him but or his work in the recent last 20 years. But I don't know. There's, 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 it's a complicated topic, man, when you get into it. Like, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. I, I wouldn't be comfortable, I don't think. I, I think it's always been a tough industry. Uh, like, when you think of all the horror stories you hear, you, you hear more horror stories then you hear good stories in comics. Like, but I also think these days it's probably with the decline in sales, uh, it's probably more cutthroat than ever. You know? Yeah, I mean yeah, I mean it's definitely more cutthroat, but not <clears throat> not in a good way. No, not in a good way at all. No, no, no. No, it's it, it's crazy and God knows. And you look at the people in charge. I want I, I'm too tired to even take a shot at these fucking clowns, but we know who they are. We know we know what their names are. We know that their fucking nom de plumes were, and you look at those guys, and 
they couldn't organise a fucking piss up in a brewery, you know? <laughs> like, they, they're clowns, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they've proven it time and time again, and they're cowards as well, and they're, they're lame as fuck. And I notice they never come on single and face the heat, you know? That's never. one That's one thing I fucking noticed, man. Breve tweeted out that one time, we stand by Estonia. I'm like, why? <laughs> You've alienated all the Punisher fans who hate it. Is that a success? No response. Oh, well, in their eyes, it probably is. Yeah, but, but Brevoort, after bravely saying he stood by his story, so he didn't stand by his tweet, you know? Went oh, back, they never do. Went back to his little hidey hole, had CB, you know, fed him some chocolates or something. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking CB. Doesn't even come out of that little fat tent that he's in. Anyway, I said I wouldn't take shots at them, but fuck them both, you know? Um, I forgot what we're talking about, Richard. I'm so tired. Uh, anyway, so... Yeah, we look. I, I've, what are you giving me? <laughs> what are you giving James? Sorry, JM. We we, we kind of like lost track of your Magneto review. I'm giving it seven point five. I enjoyed it. But he's I, done such a great job. It's got us talking about how poor the fucking yeah exactly modern current sort of stuff is. So you know, I mean, I, I want JM to stay in this mid eighties vibe. Uh, like no, I, I like it. Keep churning and burning this stuff, man. We it's not a one shot. I think this is like at least a miniseries. Um, I don't, yeah, uh, it's not a one shot, but yeah, it's definitely probably going to be maybe like six issues or maybe eight issues, depending on what story he's telling. I'm assuming. You know, I was clever enough to realise the young child was him before before he said it. Oh, well done. Thanks. Man. I'm pretty proud of myself actually too. <laughs> well done. Thank you. I, I was actually proud of myself. I was like, ah, oh, I see what you're doing, JM. That's you. That that's Magneto as a kid, and it was. And I was pretty pretty happy with myself. Got myself a little pat on the back. You know what? Actually, I'm going to upgrade it to an eight out of ten because I remember I just remembered I decoded. That. Oh no, it's a definite eight out of ten. Eight point five out of ten. Actually, okay, probably. cool. Yeah, yep. JM once again just you know just just a fucking line drive. Beautiful straight off the bat. Fantastic, JM. You've done it again. JM, you've done it again. JM, you've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, then we had, Rich, and you're going to have to re- do a bit of the hardcore reviewing here because I'm so tired and I and I read this like a week and a half ago. Age of Apocalypse, book two, but I feel really was book one. Book one. Yeah, this is so much better than the previous book. And I don't know why you wouldn't have started the collection with this because this tells you what is happening there's an order to it it's it's ordered a lot better like it'll have one issue of say the gambit storyline then one issue of the weapon x and the yada 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 like it, yeah. oh, that's what i said to you that um when, when when you said we were doing this and we started with book one and then i started reading it i messaged you and said listen have we made a mistake yeah because i don't feel like this is i don't this is not book one. Like I, mean, I don't know like, what clown at Marvel thought that other thing was book one. This is book one. This is fun, man. This was... I, I will say this. This was absolutely fantastic. I went and got the Age of Apocalypse Cyclops and, and Sabretooth from, after getting this, the Legends figures. I thought this was a fantastic read, actually. Um uh-huh. Barely a weak comment in them. Um, the Weapon X stuff. You know, Larry Hummer said the Weapon X was his favourite stuff he did as Wolverine. 
on his Wolverine run. He had a long Wolverine run. He's on record as saying his Weapon X stuff in Age of Apocalypse is his favourite. Can I be honest with you? Okay, so this is the last great X-Men event, mm. right? Um, well. I don't think they've had another event as good as, as this. I know they've been chasing it mm. and they've tried and all that, but this was the last... I'm not saying it's the best. I'm saying it's the last, the last great, one. Yeah. Uh, sort of event that they did. And I think a lot of people had a lot of fun with this because you got to do... You got to take the X-Men in a very different direction. You know what I mean? Mm. Not not a direction of like, oh, we're now in the future and the world's fucked up and we've lost this person and what no, no, this is like, oh no, that never happened, bro. Like yeah. these are the characters like you don't know them. You know mm. what I mean? Like uh uh in a in a totally fucked up world, um you know, uh, definitely survival of the fittest, you know, mm. dog eat dog, all that sort of shit. Like it's fantastic. Um, I love it, and it also ties into a little bit of like Magneto running the X Men. Yeah, but in a, in a in a world where Charles didn't, not where he took over from Charles, mm. but in a world where Charles never did it. Yeah, he's doing it in Charles's memory almost. Yeah, um, mm. it's fantastic. Um, you know, uh, I, I like that you get glimpses of of like uh, you know uh, people what they used to be like. There, obviously, there was something between Rogue and Gambit, but. Mm. Uh, she's with Magneto now, and they've had a kid and stuff. Um, uh, you know, Gambit's off running his own team. Angel is like a fucking nightclub. I owner love that. Yeah, that, like is playing both sides, or he's neutral, mm. basically mm. like Switzerland kind of mm. shit and all that. Yeah. But, um, you got Gene and 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 uh, Wolverine running around, kind of Weapon X, running it. around, sort of working for the Human Council. And he's lost his um, hand already, hasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's this is uh, so you you find out later. Mm. Um, you know, uh, well, again, he took Cyclops' eye. Cyclops took his hand. Yeah. Um. Uh. You, th- that's more backstory and all that sort of stuff and all that. Um. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, look. As much as I, I love like the Magneto number one thing we did, and it's really cool. By the way, I do not like that purple and white Magneto costume. I do think it's terrible. But mm. anyway, I would love to have some of these writers come back and say, hey. Let's 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 kind of continue that um, uh, apocalypse. You know what I mean? Let's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let, let's let, let's continue from. Okay, they've sent Bishop back in time, mm. but let's have it like this timeline continues. Yeah, it yeah. goes and goes back and creates another timeline or fixes that timeline, but this one continues. Okay, so who's dead? Who's left? Okay, let's. How, how I do we feel put, they how have do we... done that since Marvel did do. I reckon in about 2010, there was some Age of Apocalypse stuff they did again because I, I remember reading some of um, it. They kind of did, but like it was more just like little tie-in stuff and like yeah. one-shot sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it that. was. I'm like, yeah. hey, let's let's make a line mm. where like it's almost like an ultimate timeline. Like we yeah, just, that'd be cool. Timeline. Why not? That'd be fucking cool. See, I reckon that'd be really cool. Be a lot better than what they're currently doing. You know. Mm. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I hope, um, mate, Jesus Christ, when I say I hope, I, I, I don't have that much hope, but when they do, I'm, I'm so, something so dark, I don't have that much hope. Um, yeah, uh, play the sound garden, fell on black days. Um, no, I hope in my bleakest, darkest hour, that they do Age of Apocalypse in the films, but properly with the X-Men. I'm hoping that Marvel Cinematic Universe actually does the X-Men well, you know? I just feel like it's like an ocean they haven't tapped, you know? 
Okay, so yes, yeah, so I agree with you. What they should do, right? They should they should they should do this in the new X Men cartoon. Yeah. So in the new X Men cartoon, they need to have a moment where one season is Age of Apocalypse. So definitely, you end you end one season with Charles getting killed mm-hmm. by his son or whatever, and then you say come in next season, and then next season the entire season is Age of Apocalypse and trying to get Bishop back in time to save. Charles, and it's a whole well, season. Well, that's what Wolverine the X-Men season two was going to be. It ends with Apocalypse coming out with Cyclops on the balcony, but then they canned the show. Um, yeah, they should do that. Why not, man? That'd be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd really enjoy that. That, that would be fantastic. Um, one thing, actually, that I want clarification on. Uh, in normal X-Men universe... Apocalypse, uh-huh. Apocalypse and Cable come from way further in the future, don't they? Like year 3000 or something, isn't it? Well, they come from two different timelines. Oh. Um, okay. I think uh, Cable actually comes from even further. Right, okay. In the future. So I think Bishop kind of comes from the... Um, Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past. He does. But Cable comes from even further. Okay. Yeah, he does. Yeah, 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 yeah. But... But, but see, I always stupidly thought that Age of Apocalypse was set way in the future, but it's really just like a parallel reality kind of thing, isn't it? Like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Age of Apocalypse is basically like, the t- it's the same time now. Yeah. So let's, yeah. Say, let's say it was 1999, whatever, right? Mm. In, in current world. Then, yes, Age of Apocalypse, it's still 1999. Do you think that they'll end up using Hugh Jackman for, like, Weapon X? Like in H Apocalypse, do you think they would use him, or do you think they'd go younger? No, I think they would go younger. Yeah, or at least someone else. Yeah, yeah, it's strong. It's really strong. I, I I'm going to make a comment right now. I don't think we've read a better collection this year. Seriously, I can't think of anything that's been close. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This I Age of Apocalypse is one is is quite literally, I think, my favorite. X-Men event, and I mean mm. more so than even Days of Future Past of God Love Man's Kills, or not events, as your storylines, but mm. um, uh, even more than the Phoenix Saga. I love the Phoenix Saga, wow. but I, I just love this. This is just such an mm. interesting mm. Um, take, you know what I mean? It's just such an interesting... Well, it's so um, massive as well. Like, just, the, the, you know what it is? All the X-Men... I also love that it's just the mutants. Like, I don't have to see any other bullshit yeah, characters yeah, yeah, coming yeah. in. Yeah, no Avengers and all that sort of yeah. stuff. But what's great is that it, it was the whole line. Mm. I just loved how... And in fact, I would have preferred if they'd actually kept it going for maybe a whole year instead of just the, um, a couple of months. Was it only a couple of months? I, th- I assumed it was a whole year. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was only like... Um, really? Three or four months, I think it was. Okay. All right. So it was a few months. But... It's, yeah, this is just, I, I thought the, and I also want to pay some tribute to the way this trade is laid out. After the first one, which was just a fucking mess, this one, uh, it has one issue and then it will do the next first issue of the other comic and you feel like you're reading it as it came out, which is what I like to do, you know? Rather than you're reading it and the things referring to events that haven't you haven't read it all yet, so you're out, you're always out of sync sometimes. This was like issue one of Gambit and the Externals or whatever. Issue one of Weapon X. I think, Ish- it, was, I think it was four months because I think each title 
there was only four issues. Okay. Well, it's great. Um, I love Weapon X, man. I've, I've got a Marvel Legends Weapon X, obviously, um, with my Wolverine shelf now. And yeah. um, I, I love you know, you know, Cyclops is one of my favorite characters. I fucking dug his look in this yeah. as well. Yeah, like the long hair. I agree. Eye, like, uh, and I'm his relationship like, with like, Havoc. His relationship with Havoc and oh yeah, yeah, Mister yeah, Sinister no, over the top. Yeah. What's Mister Sinister doing? He just disappeared. Where does he go? So he's basically creating X Men, the new the, oh. the Nathan um, oh. Summers of of this world. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, um, that's what he's he, doing. Yeah, yeah. use him to take down um, uh, Apocalypse. Or Do the real heroes gone. ever show up, like Spider Man and stuff, or not? No, 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 no. Okay. no none of the. I mean, Brian uh, Braddock, uh, yeah. Captain not Brad- Captain Britain, uh, but. That character shows up, but no, no, none of the other heroes or anything. Okay. Yeah, uh, look, I, I, I think it's remarkably good. I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10. I, I, I very much enjoyed it. I don't think there was a weak link. I, for me, it was a really compelling read, you know? <clears throat> Wait till you get to uh, issue four of Weapon X. Can't uh, wait. Well, three and four. You're going to love it. I fucking loved it, man. I fucking loved it. I love this whole no, You're going to love it even more. I promise. I'm going to mention a couple of other X-Men events of recent times that I have enjoyed. Messiah Complex and X-Men versus mm-hmm. Avengers. I, I think they were also pretty decent. Not as good as this, but they're pretty decent. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, Rich, where are you on the scores? Oh, it's a 9 out of 10 for me. Like, um, Bang. Uh, yeah. And the thing is, you're not even judging one title. You're kind of just judging the event. A whole lot, yeah. Because, the whole, yeah. You know, I mean, it can go but up and down. Like, I'll be honest with you, probably mm. probably the weakest book at mm. this time was uh, Amazing X-Men. Sure. Um, which was the... Didn't have, like, a fantastic team because that was the team of, like, Storm, Quicksilver, Iceman, Banshee, mm. um, Exodus. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I kind of felt like this is when Kubert wasn't at his best. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it gets better later on after this event. But you know who was like fucking doing fantastic uh, was Joe Mad in yeah. Astonishing X Men. He was. Which you haven't even got to that yet. Yeah, Joe you haven't really excellent. even got to Astonishing X Men. Okay. Uh, I think that starts in book two. Oh, I was gonna say the one for me that was a bit questionable was the Generation X one. Oh, Generation Next. Uh, I still like that. I liked I it. Really yeah. That's that's, that's uh, um, uh, Chris uh, Bacalo, Bachelor. Yeah, at first uh, it was hard for me and then I started to groove into it, you know? Yeah. He's got a unique, but again, this is also early in his career as well. And that's the that's the cool thing about this is there were a lot of artists like like uh, like uh, Bachelor, Bacalo, mm. Joe Mad, uh, uh, Joe Madiera, um, uh, uh Kubert, um, like they—they they were kind of. This is very much early in their, mm. um, in in their in their sort of careers. So yeah. you kind of almost get to see them a bit more raw, but still, uh, still fantastic. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, cool. no, no. The, the art is is that they, I think they got some of the best upcomers um, mm. to work on this. Yeah, no, there's as far as I'm concerned, there, there there really wasn't weak links. It was just it was just a lot of fun, basically. Like when you when you break it down, it was just basically fun, you know. And oh, and, and and I mean, at the end of the day, what more can, what more can you what more can you want? Uh, you know, from a comic book at times, like than just fun. And and I just think 
so many cool visual ideas and cool story ideas, very creative, um, and and w- does not deserve a reputation that I think it had, which was just this was 90s to the max, story was nothing. I was like, there's a story. It's fun, though, you know? Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I think some of these comics are a bit slept on, if you know what I mean. I, I, I think yeah. they're, they're and, better. And, and I will say this. I mean, I, as much as I say I wish there was more, at least they left me wanting more and not going... Yeah. You know, and not going like Jesus Christ. This, how long is this event? Ten, ten years. Ten years of it. Like, yeah, 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 I know. Dragging it out, like you know, the last season of Moonlighting or something, where you just like kill it now. You know, um, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, yeah, just no. I agree. It's it, it's great fun. Now, Richard, it is your choice next week. I did give you a recommendation, Dreadstar, Jim oh. Starlin. What I was going to say to you is because mm. I've been sick for whatever is sure. we'll swap and okay. you can take you can take um, this week coming up or the next week okay. coming up and okay. I'll take the following week. All right, okay. Well, we'll do some. I've been so sick. I haven't even had a chance to like. Um, okay. Well, we'll uh, do we'll we'll, we'll do some dread star. I'll 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 let the audience know. We, we won't do much. We'll do we'll do like the first like let's say five issues of dread star. You know. Um, sure. which is Jim Starlin's thing. I, I listened to an interview with Jim Starlin and um, this lady has working with him on the Dreadstar comic now. It was very interesting. And I thought, you know what, I want to check that out. Um, and I've got the Omnibus. Sure, yeah, Starlin, uh, Starlin yeah, is a great creator. Yeah, so there we go. We'll do some Dreadstar for next week. Now, I do want to thank all our Patreons and all our listeners. If you want to support the Signal of Doom, go to patreon.com slash signalofdoom. Uh, for little as a dollar per month, you can support the show. It is much appreciated. It goes towards show running costs. Um, Rich and I will do a cinema of Doom shortly, Rich, um, of Jewel. Mm. So we'll, we'll get that done shortly. That'll be up. Some more content. Um, yeah, and I just really want to thank everyone. Your, your support's appreciated. Again, thanks to everyone who corresponds. Michael, Adam, God, so many people. Um that Mitchell, there's just so many people who behind the scenes help the show, you know, and you know, obviously Brian Lazara, um, we've mentioned Michael Kellishim, plenty of people, you know, we love them all. Now we are pro members of the collective. You've got Lassons of Krypton on there. You've got Moon Knight. Um, what's it called? What's what's right into the Moon Knight? What's what's what, what's Ray's show called? I always I, I forget. But anyway, Ray's got a Moon Knight. Into the night, yeah, into the night. I'm so tired. Sorry, Ray. I was, I was going. Is it called? In, I was called into the moon night. I'm like, yeah, it's called into the moon night. No, it's or like Dave wants to go into his bed, into my bed, and put my, uh, put my headphones on and listen to my Richard Matheson short story and fall asleep on like the second paragraph. Um, yeah, Ray's got a show on there called Into the Night. Check it out. Um, you got in a dreams with Brian Biggie. You got Capes of Lunatics. So much good stuff that Phil and Lilith do. On Capes and Lunatics, you've got Ghost Spider Groupies. You've got a lot of stuff that's pretty cool that's popping off um, that keeps us right on the edge where we got to be. Um, oh, oh, by the way, we had a live... Um, shout out to Adam, the computer, who gave me a live... Um, uh, what do you call it? Review of the Turtles movie. He says, The new TMNT was just okay. Heavy focus on Teenage, less so on Ninja. I'd say it was disappointing story-wise. Animation was cool. So that's his live review of Mutant Mayhem. Uh, not exactly a glowing review there, I would say, um, unfortunately. No, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if 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 we were all expecting it to be because it's it's it's. Um, I was. Seth Rogen. I was, like, man. I was. I was expecting the greatest yeah, thing of all last, time. Last time, uh, uh, <laughs> I, okay, no, I know he was in, involved in preacher, but whenever I think of Seth Rogen, I keep thinking of uh, Green Hornet, and that was. Didn't awesome. isn't he the guy who did Invincible? Is that him? No, no, I don't think Seth Rogen's got anything to do with Invincible. Oh, he doesn't. Okay, he did the boys. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, the boys, boys and and uh, the uh, preacher, preacher. I believe, yeah, yeah, you know, you're right, a, you're right. Or something on preacher or something. Yeah, yeah, no, sorry, it's Kirkman who who I think is behind Invincible, the TV show. Obviously, he wrote it, but I think it's well, his, that's his creation. Yeah, 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 his production company and everything that's got it going and greenlit. Um, yeah, look, yeah, so check us out, uh, Rich. Anything you'd like to say to the audience before we depart? Uh, no, just obviously again, uh, anyone who wants to check out my stuff, Farfetch mm. Comics. Uh, with an X mm-hmm. on uh, on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, I will try and upload uh, as regularly as I can. What if someone wants to get like a full page wall painting, like I was anticipating? What are we talking? What kind of numbers? I think that might be a little bit out of my wheelhouse, unfortunately. Ten <laughs> k, ten k, Rich, get you over here with the paintbrush. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably have to ask for that money in advance though, because she's done a lot of time doing that fucking wall. I won't be able to go to work. <laughs> Did you like me? I know nothing about art. I'm like 10k easily, and you're like, no, I'll try like two, right, Dave. And I'm like, Ugh. yeah. I was like, oh, you, for, went, you went a bit overboard. Dave. For, for a moment, I was dreaming about being an artist and like painting all these massive paintings and selling them for like you know lots of lots of money, and being super rich. And then then the reality catches up with me. Oh, why you've actually got to do all this work for like 500 bucks? Fuck that. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. Look, that's what I said, mate. Like, you want to get into comics, you're far better off being a writer. Sure, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, not not saying it's easier, but uh, your your paper hour is a lot fucking better than being an artist. Sure, which is crazy because it's a visual medium, really. At the end of the day, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of craziness out there um, in the wild, wild streets of fucking. You know, I was going to say Tinseltown, but <laughs> comic book land. What are you going to call it? Marvel land. <laughs> it's a desert filled with. Broken bodies, decaying skulls. That song, the bodies. Every, every story is a horror story. We all die alone. <laughs> Something like that. On that cheery note, I want to say good night. Good night. Fantastic show, Rich. Mm-hmm.